This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Your Cavaliers a winner. The final game before the All-Star break. They get a 108-105 over the Bulls and they're 36-17 headed to Indianapolis. Jonathan Peterlin, in for the Tone Master General. Hello. Hello, Kenny. How are you today? I'm okay. I'm feeling better after the win. I didn't think that the I, for whatever reason, I didn't think there was a doubt. I thought that the I thought that the Bulls were making shots that, eh, like these are tough shots. I don't know if this is going to continue throughout the entire rest of the game. You just thought it was just going to at some point let up. I honestly I thought I eventually it would stop. I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it more as the, the Cavs just missing a lot of shots. Well, that too, but I, I I was watching the Bulls, and I said, gosh, they're missing a lot of bunnies here, and then they're making these tough shots. I go, this can't be sustainable here. But it wasn't like the Cavs ran away with it or anything like that. The Bulls right. did have a chance to tie it up in the very end. But I I did not think I did not think that the Cavs were going to lose this game. As people were freaking out on my phone, yeah. as all this went down, I didn't think that they people were going to lose People were freaking out? Oh, yeah. Because you, you had the loss against Philadelphia, and then I think a lot of people thought, all right, we're going to go out to Chicago. I mean, I th- what they win by fourteen last time they played Chicago. Yeah, the Bulls are still trying. It's odd. They they're like they're not waving the white flag because they have some they have some contracts that they should have traded, but they didn't trade over the last few weeks. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're not the world's greatest team oh. just because they just lack talent. But they they didn't wave the white flag the way that a lot of people thought they should have. I mean, DeRozan had a had a reason to you know argue about player of the week, let me, let me player see. of the month. Or... Let me go back and look and see what I grabbed the money on at. It was it was oh I got it at minus one and a half. God, here goes Sam Rossi. There we go. Here we yeah. go. Well, yeah. Stu Finer. Is what we like to really just well. Kinda, speaking of Stu, well, I can't play minus, his stuff on there. Minus the addictions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you could do it once. You could do the twenty-six thousand calorie diet uh, one once. Time. <laughs> I got to get you the mug, man. I got. You, I got to get you. It's like seven different mugs. I think you'd love oh, from the Stu Finer collection. Lime and I were invited to the party. Were you really? Yeah. Why, why didn't you go? Lime is. Lime was. Sarah was pregnant, and I can't leave. And Lima oh, can't fall God. off the wagon like that. Honestly, come on. Listen, <laughs> Jonathan, would you just not go by yourself? What am I gonna tell my wife? <laughs> I gotta leave you and our three kids. Why? Uh, I gotta go to a party of a man you've never met. Okay, where does he live? Uh, he lives in the New York Metro. Yeah, what's he's known for? Bar stool. A lot of people. Okay, what's he do? He's going to kill your bookmaker. Like, none of that's going to work. <laughs> Liz has no idea about Stu Finer. It's like me, you, uh, a lot of listeners, obviously. My buddies who I grew up with. My buddy in Nashville who just, I mean, he adores Stu Finer. And I was like, he's like, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. I'm like, I have a couple no friends that uh, have gone to Stu Finer's parties. Can't rave about it. Oh, my God. John Jastrzemski. 
You know, he's John. been in the. Oh yeah, yeah. John's yeah. very good nice friends guy. with Stu. Very good friends with Stu Finer. I know John. He goes. He goes to. He goes to those oh, parties all the time. God loves him. Loves him. Oh, he seems... and you know John. John's a character, right? And so yeah. that's like exactly the kind of type of person Stu loves. I love. He'd that. love you. I oh, love you and Stu Finer would become best friends. Oh in a my second. god! I, I, I'm afraid I'd never come home. <laughs> I'd, I'm afraid I'd go, Liz. I'm in charge of the mulch. Uh, you can deal with all the kids, and that's it. So. I will say later on today when it comes to NASCAR, Jonathan's going to put uh, a couple of uh, a pennies down on NASCAR. I will help him on the sprinkle. I'm be, I'll be the stew finder in NASCAR for you. That's all I'm asking. I know you got it. I'll make it fun. I'll, this that's, the, that's the challenge. I think you can make just about anything fun. That's the challenge. Race on Sunday like you, be you asked me earlier in the week, you're like, you're going to have to sell me golf at some point throughout this no, week. No, no, no. I came to you on Wednesday. I said, I don't think I can sell you a Bring sport that doesn't back. love itself. Bring me. Damn it. That's a great point. Well, I guess we're going to do that later. We I can ask you to we, bring me back to loving golf. We can ask Brendan Gulick. He loves golf I, just as much as I love golf. I don't think he can do he's it. He's going to tell me. He's it's an gonna, impossible task. No, he's going to tell me to walk the course, and I'm going to tune him out, and then you guys are going <laughs> to talk for the rest of the segment, and I'm not going to do it. Gulick joins us at 720. Chris Holtman got canned. We'll talk more about that in about last night. Also, uh, what's going on with some of the Buckeyes in, in college football and a lot of moving parts right now. A lot of moving parts. Got Chip Kelly down there. A whole lot going on. We'll check in with Brendan, Brendan Gulick. Coming up at uh, 7.20 this morning. And, of course, Mary Kay will join us at 8.20. Uh, for last night in, in the Cleveland Cavaliers, I kind of wanted to ask you. Yeah? And I'm like, they, 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 we'll see if it's unfair or fair. So you gave him the, the Peterlin pass for the loss against uh, the 76ers. Yeah, and I was getting tweets mid-game, by the way. Peterlin pass? You, you're going to give off the Peterlin pass? That's how you know. That's how you know it's stuck. Thanks yeah. for listening. Uh, yeah. I, so I'm getting these tweets, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, Hell no, I'm not going to give him the Peter Lynn pass. I would have been livid. Well, I would have been a half point dog on Monday. Yeah. Nine and a half point, uh, excuse me, favorite on, yeah. on yeah, yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Like, you got you to gotta win these games. You got to win these games convincingly. In fact, last night, only winning by three against the Chicago team. I, I'm sorry, Kenny. I go into the break now. I'm disappointed. I was wanting to say, do you not give them, is there such a thing as a Peter Lynn pass for a win? No, I don't like, treat a win as a win as a win the way that a lot of people do. I know you, you don't. Know that's we, why I wanted to ask. Yeah, you. no, like, do, it, I, I think that we do it so we do it so many times in football. Maybe in football, it's a little bit more understandable because you only got seventeen of them. But in basketball, no, not every win is a win is a win. You can, can you can have that. bad wins, and then in my estimation, that was a bad win last night. Now they showed a lot of toughness coming back. Two years ago, I would have vehemently disagreed with you. I think this year we can talk about that. They showed Continue. a lot of toughness coming back, but you're we we've, we've raised the bar on them. If we're going to raise the bar on them, you got to dog walk a team like. Chicago going into the all-star break wow. where you get you know you get to just kind of rest and hang out for the next few days you gotta you gotta leave it all out there you gotta hit more shots so you're you agitated over last night I, yeah I wanted to see him what? especially after Monday I wanted to see him go in there and just I mean completely destroy see Chicago. I didn't think I didn't think they were gonna lose I didn't see them losing I didn't either that's why I placed the bet in the fourth quarter when oh, I got so him at, wait, at, whoa, at, whoa, at whoa, minus whoa. one and a half but it doesn't mean I'm not it doesn't mean I'm happy with the performance oh so you still won so what's your problem I won but it doesn't mean I it doesn't mean I'm happy about it but Jonathan, I see. What's I thought, problem? <laughs> yeah, right. I thought he was just agitated because a lot of guys. No, I won. The bet cleared. We have a but. Uh, I shouldn't say it like that. Well, yeah, I'm going to say it. What the hell? We have a buddy who is a. Um, he is a uh, sharp, and you can just tell on social media when he when he's losing. Yeah, and you I can I, just. Tell. I'm very good at separating the two. Yes, I, I I feel like I am. Yes, but yeah, some people can't. No, some, he, some people cannot at he all. He cannot. No, he, I, he won I won and I'm mad. I won and I'm mad. 
But I, I knew they were going to win the game. That's why I placed the bet. I was actually believe we got to minus one. But you're half. disappointed in the performance. They I weren't just, working on things. You know what it reminded I mean, me of? How many how many threes did Evan Mobley take last took night? One. I think he, he hit. Took I think one. he hit that he one hit too. Early. I think he's like eight of fourteen over the last few weeks with his threes. So I mean, what the hell? Let right? me tell you. Let me tell you why I was upset. Okay, there's a loss on that one. There's two reasons why I'm upset with last night. And these are not, I'm not going to take anyone to the, you know, to task or anything like this, but this sounds is, like you wanted to, this is why I was upset last night. If you go, if you go listen to the post game comments from JB Bickerstaff, he said the same thing he said after the Knicks loss in the postseason. Well, we, I mean, Hey, we, we got the shots we wanted. They just didn't go down. Lack of execution. Okay, fine. That's the same thing you told me in that Knicks series. We got the shots we wanted. Lack of execution. I hate that. What if it's still true? Hate that. What if it's just I need still more, true? I need better you execution. It, but it's, I need it's better execution in those moments. Wait, against the Bulls? You, you can't fall back on lack of execution. Yes, against the Bulls. I think any game. And then they did the other thing, Ken. Mm, they, they, fell, they fell back into the crutch that they've fallen into. And I don't think it's a bad crutch based off our conversation yesterday. But they fell into the crutch they fall into where in the fourth quarter when they're trailing, they just go Donovan ball. I think you're being a little unfair. And it's tough for me to say because I – I ripped him after the after the Knicks series. I actually ripped him a couple of months ago for some of the you know the desk of Kobe Altman stuff that you always see and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think it's a it's it's the game before the All Star break. You're not gonna really see a whole lot of heat. You're not gonna see a whole lot of fight. I mean, Boston won last night. What by fifty? You know me, Ken. I'm not. I'm not the. Some radio hosts are the type that would be like, "It's a 162 game baseball season. I can't lose. I can't lose my mind over a May 30th loss where the closer comes but in long, and what, gives up a homer." As long I'm as not, you mean I'm, it, I don't I'm, care. I don't care as long as you mean it. I don't care about other radio hosts. I care about you. And and I take I take every game as if it matters. I I am the part of sports radio that's fun for me is treating every game as if but it's the most important. But what am I supposed game. to glean in the second half of the season? Like it, there, I don't. The reason I disagree with you on this, 216-474-0092, what the hell? The reason I disagree with you on this is because I can't see a scenario where we come back in eight days and they go, who the hell, who's the first game they play coming out of the All-Star break? Orlando. Orlando. Thank you very much, Mitch. Well done. Good team, Orlando. So they got Orlando, and Orlando's a pretty good basketball good team. team. Now they're coming back down to earth a little bit, but they're still pretty good. If they go out against Orlando and they suck up the room, I'll be thinking about you next Thursday. We might be together next Friday for all I know. So... I might be thinking of you, and we might have to have this conversation because it's like, all right, you didn't you didn't get better from anything. You're still sleepy. Like, you got to pick up the pace. But I can't think. I really don't trust that I'm going to be sitting here on Friday morning, next Friday morning, going, oh, yeah, Peterlin was right. I really don't believe it's going to be that way. I think a lot of teams, it's the game before the All-Star break. It's the way she goes. No, and I'm not saying this is like the beginning of the, a downward trend or something for the Cavs. I'm just saying it's, it's two bad games in a row. It's all it is. And it was not a good game last night. I, I can't tell it wasn't you. A good game. I can't tell you it was the game I expected last night. It, it I, I go into that one. You're nine and a half point favorites. I just I thought it was going to be a. I thought it was going to be a different game. I did expect it was going to be different. I did expect them to run off the floor, but they've been running everybody off the floor except for Philadelphia on Tuesday. So or Monday. So they it, they've been running everybody else except Philadelphia off the floor. They didn't run Chicago off the floor. They've had a good couple of weeks. Chicago has. They're still trying to not raise the white flag, just like you said. It's an opportunity for them to get a win right before the All Star break. I mean, a lot of things, a lot of things tend to go their way. And I bet. And I hey, I only watched the Cavs last night. Sorry about that. I I'd be willing to bet. And maybe I'm making too many excuses for them. I'd be willing to bet that there's plenty of sloppy basketball played. There were some night. weird games last night. Thank you very much. You're not there wrong 14 about that. Games there or was, 17 games last night. There were some weird games last night. Yeah, plenty of them. 
So I bet there was plenty of sloppy there basketball was. I, being I played across. So the, I, I mean, I you're, you're dead on there. So I, am I supposed to really pound I, their ass for what they no, happened last not, night? No, I don't want you to pound Sounds them. Sounds like or you're anything. pounding them. No, 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 no. I I just thought it was it just the game went different than I thought it was going to. And I don't love to see anytime you're near double digit favorites in back to back games. I don't love to see these games be this tight. And a loss, and then a game that really ultimately came down to the, the final minute thirty or so. I mean, if Darius doesn't hit that that step back three with like a minute ten left, it's a it's a completely different game. Nice job by Darius, by the way, to hit that shot when when it felt like we couldn't hit a three to save our lives. True. Weird game. I don't think we're too reliant on the three here, Kenny. I really don't. But that was one of those games that kind of brought you back down to earth a well, little bit. I, I still think I still think you're trying to work on a few things now. Darius played 31 minutes last night. 31, yeah. All right. He had nine until the big shot with about a minute left to go last night because a lot of people have been irked at Darius Garland over the last couple of weeks. And I, I've made – if you want to talk about excuses, I've made a bunch of excuses for Darius Garland. A lot of people decided to go after him. Back, not a lot, but a few people decided to go after him on Monday after the missed shot against the, against the 76ers. I thought it was a big shot last night. And I know, like, hey, I'm kind of grasping at things because I want to bring him along. But this is your team right now, so I can't sit there and just rip on Darius Garland the whole time. I still think he's the second option. But I got to tell you, I think I'm right about Darius Garland right now. I think right now with the amount of threes that Evan Mobley's taken, I think I'm going to be wrong, and I think I'm going to be comfortable admitting it that I'm You're going to be wrong in, in that he's going to get better Mobley. and better or what? About, and he I, should be taking more I threes? I wanted him to, if we were going to sit there and, and have him take threes, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record on this, I wanted him to take almost an asinine amount of threes into what he's taken because I want him to find his spots. Okay. Yeah. But the, I'll tell you right now, the amount of threes that he's taken seems to be a nice amount of threes to see if they can get him open. Now, I don't know how much that's going to be respected in the postseason. But if it is respected in the postseason, and I do see lanes open up, I've been a man who's had no problem admitting I'm wrong in the past, and I'll have no problem admitting I'm wrong in the future. You know what's interesting? They, Lloyd, they, they, can't, they I can't still... say the same thing for Jason, but she, I, I yeah, sure but... as hell can say it for myself. Isaac Okoro is shooting awesome from three right now, and nobody respects his three-point shot. He shot 50% on eight shots last night, Ken. Like he's actually he's shooting threes at a really high clip I, right now, and nobody's I'm respecting it. So why, why do I think that they're going to all of a sudden respect Evan Mobley? Well, I'm glad. Well, this is... I wrote this down yesterday. Actually, I do write down some. I don't take the type of notes I take for the for the Browns, but there's a couple of notes that I take. And that beautiful curse of you. What there's happened there... third quarter, 836 left in the game? I didn't write that. Oh, down. okay. There's a, I take a, I jot a couple of things down. We, we can check my betting slips. That's how I keep track. Well, because honestly, I there's there's sets and, and things that happen in, in basketball that I, I need to be, I still need to have explained to me from time to time. Ken knows blades of grass on the field during a Browns I game. do. <laughs> I, I, have, I have names for each one. You've, your Think own names or the actual names of them? The names of the blades of the grass. I mean, you should, it's hell remembering that many names, <laughs> but we do it. Well, one of the things that you brought up with Isaac Okoro. Yeah, he's hitting a lot of threes. He took a lot of threes last night. Is, I think there's a natural, like, Hey, Evan Mobley, he gets a name around the league like this guy could do something. He could do something. This guy could be a unicorn, this, that, and the other. Now, I think some people might roll their eyes when I say such a thing. Uh, I'll leave it at this. I Isaac Okora, I don't think, gets the same amount of respect naturally as Evan Mobley does. So I think if Evan Mobley goes out there, maybe he draws some people with him. I still think that there's plenty of players around the league who are just like, okay, take that shot, whatever. And now, over the course of time, it's going to have to change. I think they did the same thing with Sam Merrill at the very beginning. I think they do the same thing with a lot of guys when they start taking threes. And and it's up to it's up to the defenses to respect these guys. I mean, they will close out on Darius. They will certainly try to close out on Donovan Mitchell. But out of a five <laughs> out of five man rotation, you ain't going to close out on everybody. 
Yeah. And I think that Isaac is the guy that they're going, okay, but eventually you're going to see this on tape and you're going to go, hey, we gotta, we're going to have to put something out on this guy if he's going to continue to hit threes like this. I, I thought last night, I thought at some point Chicago was going to turn around and start doing something but on Isaac, and they kept daring him to shoot it, and it, he it, was. When they get to the postseason and he's still shooting like this, if he's still shooting like this, because it was a nice finish to the, to the first half of the season for mm-hmm. Isaac Okoro, if he still does this, then that's going to be able to pay off because then you can really clear things out if you have Evan Mobley out there and you still have Isaac Okora out there and they can be a threat to everybody. So I'm not part of the reason I'm not any bit upset whatsoever because they, well, they, yeah, they won and I can be very nice when they win. But it's also why well, I can start to actually see a vision of what they're trying to do with JB Bickerstaff. Definitely. 216 474 0092. Coming up next, we have a bout last night where uh, one prominent NFL head coach that we all fought over, including Lima yesterday. It's being called the master of the scapegoat. Ken Carmen, Jonathan Peterlin in for tone on the fan. Now the Ken Carmen show with Anthony Lima give their thoughts on what you might have missed about last night. Cavaliers won last night 108-105. They are 36 and 17 to finish the first half of the season. I mean, I know that's not the actual halfway point of the season, but still we feel it's a halfway point of the season before they go to the All-Star break. Donovan Mitchell goes to the All-Star break over there in Indianapolis. Imani Bates will be in the Rising Stars game coming up on Friday. So that'll be nice for Imani Bates there. Nice pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though what the play-by-play guy over at Eastern Michigan ripped him when he had him on the show that day. But either way, nice start for Imani Bates. However, one of the big questions has been Donovan Mitchell and his future. Here's Donovan on NBA Today. Man, at the end of the day, I'm focused on winning. You know, I tell I tell that at the beginning of the year, the biggest thing is how can we win. It just goes without saying, like whatever situation brings winning. You know, that's kind of my been my my biggest thing. And you know, people are always gonna have it's gonna be a topic of conversation no matter what I say to you here from Malik. It's gonna yeah. be something that's talked about. But ultimately, we can just focus on what we can control uh, and be the best team we can be. This is off the backs of what's being said uh, according to two. Random NBA general managers, they say he's gone at the end of his contract. Well, so I'm like, well, his contract's still for two more years, so we'll see where it is. I do believe him when he says he's about winning. I do, too. So this 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 postseason run becomes extremely important. You know what I also believe him on? In, in that same interview, he mentioned how he had put the Knicks series behind him. I really do believe that. I, I, I think they're very they're tunnel vision for this year. I don't think they – now, maybe Jared Allen, it might be a little bit different. When the, the lights get bright, and that's kind of what I liked about last night's game, too, is you're on a national game. The lights are bright somewhat, somewhat, and uh, they were able to rally and come back and not just melt, but maybe that's what we need to focus on for the first half anyway. But yeah, I like no, I like this out of Donovan because that's what I've always believed. I believe if you take him to an Eastern Conference Finals appearance, he's never going to leave you because you, you're not going to have a better situation elsewhere if you're Donovan Mitchell. Deshaun Watson was on Unplugged, QB Unplugged on Lockerverse and was talking about what other quarterbacks had, had to say to him about working with new Browns offensive coordinator. We're not sure if he's going to be the play caller. Ken Dorsey. I'm actually out here in L.A. training with a couple guys that actually played in Buffalo. And I asked them about Ken, and they were like, man, it's super exciting. He wants to score a lot of points. He wants to be the top offense in the, in the league, and he wants everybody to just be successful. And I think you know, having that mindset, he's not directing just one player. Whoever gets the ball is going to get open. That's the key. Okay, then why didn't Deshaun do any of that in the time we've seen Deshaun? We saw Joe Flacco do that. He wasn't with Ken Dorsey. No, I know. We saw Joe Flacco do that, though. That's what he really wanted. One with Ken Dorsey. Joe Flacco got like 10 different players involved. One with Ken Dorsey. Deshaun got three involved. Well, Deshaun won with Ken Dorsey. I also, you're giving him a lot of credit for being like, oh, uh, not you. I'm saying like like Deshaun is for saying, 
Uh, Ken Dorsey wants to be the number one offense in the NFL. What offensive coordinator doesn't want that? Like, name me one that doesn't think that way. I don't know. I don't know. The Ken Dorsey thing has always been a little weird to me. I think Matt Canada was hoping for, like, number 20 (laughs) at some point. (laughs) An acceptable 15 (laughs) would have been very satisfactory here. Give me me an argument here before we (laughs) – I mean, the Ken Dorsey thing is odd to me. Have I ever told you my theory on on how he got the job? I don't think I have. I'll be nice about it. The job? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, play with me for a second. And if you want to rip me on Twitter for it, go ahead and rip me afterwards. It is what it is. I don't really care. Yes, you do. I don't. I truthfully don't. Yes, you do. Why do you think I care? I don't care. Because the way you said, I don't the way really I said it, care. I, all right, you want to rip me on Twitter at my name? I I don't care. No, I don't you care. care. Go ahead. Cam Bring Newton. Up. He what has about? him on as a guest a week prior to them hiring him. Cam Newton obviously worked with Ken Dorsey. I think what happened is Cam Newton, at some point, either before or after that interview, said, hey, Deshaun, Ken Dorsey should be your guy. He got me in the Super Bowl. I won a league MVP. I'd never been better under anyone else but Ken Dorsey. This is the guy you need to go hire. Take it from me. And I feel like Deshaun, again, there's a reason why he had Cam on his podcast to begin with anyway. I feel like he really does trust and believe Cam Newton's words. And that's how the ball got rolling on that. Not a surprise to me. It's a interesting week that. that you bring that up because Deshaun spoke some more on the podcast. You know, go through the uh, the history of his coaching career, leading all the way back to Carolina. And, you know, I think he was a quarterback coach for Cam when he won the mm. MVP and took Thanks. him to the Super Bowl. Mm. The last couple of years, you know, Josh, uh, you know, everyone knows what Josh been doing up in Buffalo. Mm. How about that one? I think this whole process of events was set in motion a while ago. I do. I do. I don't so think they, they were interviewing. I don't they, they were interviewing no. a lot of people, no, and then all of a sudden, Ken Dorsey. I don't think they thought that they were getting the very best out of him. I think that the organization is worried about what they're getting out of Deshaun Watson. I think the organization is worried about us having to argue about his health or returning him to 2020 or confidence and 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 really having to sit there and make arguments going, well, he was really good in this half, and he was really good in that half, and he's really good here, and he's really good there, but not really good in other places. And I think that when when Ken Dorsey would, became available, they marked him down on a sheet, and they marked down several others on the sheet because maybe the, maybe the coaching staff knew, maybe they didn't, but it was probably the swan song, and we didn't know for the coaches that they let go. I think the ball got rolling with that uh, Cam Newton interview, and then Deshaun went to the people that he needed to go to and said, this is the guy I want, and then a week later he got hired. That's I'll believe that one for a very long time. You think time. they wanted him over Kellen Moore? Yeah, I think they want to appease Deshaun is what they want. I, I think they want to put this in. We'll get you the guy you want. You got to deliver, though. And that's the guy that he wanted. He <laughs> wanted him because he cares about Cam Newton. You got to deliver. You have that fully guaranteed contract, but damn it, you better deliver. Hey, can we go nitty-gritty football for a second? Just, well, just, it depends just for, how you do just, it. Just, not a cup of coffee. Just you gotta. based of, uh, off the Cam Newton, Josh, I just want to – it's a question I want to ask you. In relation to well, Deshaun Watson. that's not how nitty-gritty football works. It's not how nitty-gritty football works. All right, then scratch works. it. Not how nitty-gritty football well, we works. We talk about zone blitzes. We talk, we oh, man, we, we, we talk about what you yeah. in the secondary yeah, coverage brother. rates. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about some serious-ass chalk-talking football there, buddy boy. Do you think boy. Deshaun's going to be the runner that he always has been? If he wants to be the guy that, uh, you know, coach Josh Allen and coach Cam Newton, they're the two of the best running quarterbacks we've seen in football history. I don't think he's going to be able to run as much with these injuries. That's not, that's not nitty-gritty. That's philosophical. Okay, good. Then scratch the nitty-gritty. We already scratched it anyway. Yeah. All right, philosophically, what do you think about that? I think that's going to be the, one of the main talking points we have in the fall. 
because I think naturally he's going to want to take off, and I think naturally all the fans in the world are going to sit there and wince every time he takes I off. I think they might start giving him the, like, hey, you got the red light now. No more green lights on third and eight to try to go ahead and make a play happen. Mm-hmm. Kind of, what about, remember Josh mm-hmm. Allen last year had that shoulder injury? What'd you pay for? What'd you pay for? You didn't pay, on, you didn't pay to put the brakes on him. They, they, they put the brakes on Josh Allen last year with that shoulder injury. He, he, he was he was running on third and two on third and eight. He wasn't running. Well, then, he, but and it's such a good thing you got the offensive coordinator. That was his offensive coordinator last year. So we got the offensive coordinator. And now we're going to put the brakes on him. That's what they did last year. Listen, man, you can be as uncomfortable as you want, but you got what you got. Now you're going to have to make the most of what you got. I think it's going to be a fascinating and development to keep an eye on. Part of making the most with what you got is that you got to let him be. I'm dying to That's find out. That's the way out. it's going to go. Dying to find out if he plays a little scared when it comes to running. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. On the football. Or they play scared for him that way. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go that way. I think it's... We are, we are in this, and we must go fully through. Hold him back. I don't know if they're... I mean, they could talk about that to try to make us feel better. I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, Kyle Shanahan fired Steve Wilkes yesterday, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers. And, uh, you know, there were some people who said, well, that makes sense. The defense fell off after D'Amico Ryans. Jason LaCanfora tweets out, Twitter actions brought to you by Shivin Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. He said this yesterday. Kyle Shanahan, eternal scapegoater. Drop Steve Wilkes after shutting down Mahomes in regulation, knowing no D.C. jobs are open. Kyle didn't tell team OT rules, made stupid decision in OT, quit running ball, couldn't score 20 points in 60 minutes. Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, Purdy, all mundane. Strong commentary from Lock and Fora. Yeah, why do we need a fall guy when you go to the Super Bowl? That doesn't make sense to me. Everyone's like, oh, he's a fall guy. He's a scapegoat. Why do we? Why do you need a fall guy when you go to the Super Bowl? Because it's the second time that Shanahan's blown it against the Chiefs with 10-point leads? Yeah, I, get, I, just, I just feel like I, I, don't, I don't think you need one in that instance. Well, if Lock and Fora really I mean, this Steve is his first year here. Like, if, if, if Steve Wilkes had been the defensive coordinator for both of those Super Bowls, then maybe, no, I will say, maybe he becomes that scapegoat. Uh, being a Chiefs fan, me and my oldest son yesterday did go back and watch all three, the ends of all three Super Bowls yesterday because we were bored. Sure. And uh, he noticed, nice. he noticed, he goes, wow, they got a ton of pressure in that first Super Bowl, uh, the defensive line. Not as much pressure in this game 
the other day because uh, I don't know if it was like the blitz, the blitz schemes or what, but like here in alley. Yeah, sorry, I but was... I do think that um, the way they went after Mahomes this time was a lot different than the way they went after Mahomes. You guys, time. you guys see the NFL Films cut of uh, there was a couple of players in the Forty ers I, I don't know what part of the game this was. I saw it in passing, so I didn't take too much to it. The no. one uh, from where he's he was inside like, the NFL. Yeah, the inside. Yeah, where he's like, uh, well, yeah, this guy's a, just a really he's just a really average quarterback, isn't he? And he started like he started boasting about how Mahomes was nothing special, and then Mahomes did Mahomes. Whoopsie Daisy! <laughs> that one came at him fast, didn't it? Guys say weird things during football games. Well, you gotta you gotta say to yourself what you gotta say. All right. Well, on that point, should we be miking these guys up then, and and really uh, really putting everything they say during these games I'm out talking there? Talking about a Cleveland fan wanting to mic people up because you know I no chance in hell they don't have the audio of Mason Rudolph. Well, that was Jason's big thing for the longest time. That was my big thing for the longest time. It's still my big thing here for the longest time. Oh, okay. Am, I, am I crediting industry. the wrong person here? Yes. Well, I mean, Jason could say it too, but I'm telling you right now, there's somewhere there's got to be audio. You know I'm a big consumer of that's, the morning show. That's a, And by the way, that's another thing. Where I'm not supposed to stick my head in the sand over conspiracy theory. You're telling me billion-dollar industry over there, how much Fox paying for that? And they didn't have the – was it Fox? I think it was Fox. Fox didn't have the audio of that? They had the audio of that. Yeah, of course. No, but that's in their best interest. I can't, I can't fault them. You, you, you. Then I had to give the I explanation don't need to why it was in their best interest to not. Put yeah, that out yeah, because I don't need to relitigate why uh, any any part of that. But yeah, that's clearly in their best business interest to not have that out there. No Does Lima name his kid Mason if that audio gets out there? Probably not. Whew. Wow, it'd be an untouchable <laughs> name. <laughs> There's untouchable <laughs> names out there. It'd be an untouchable name. Wow. That was a hell of a thing you just said there. Brendan Gould, Brendan Goulding will join us at 720 this morning. Also FML at 745 where Jonathan and his family are celebrating the first birthday of his sweet daughter. Coming up next, you feel disrespected, but in that league, I don't think that makes you special. Ken Carmen Peterlin in for Tone live on the fan. 745, fix my life. It's not their party. It's supposed to be yours. That's coming up at 745. Yesterday I bought flowers. I said we don't give gifts, but I give spite flowers. Yeah, like uh, it's a, the Larry David Spite story. Yeah, you I, give spite flowers. I give Spite flowers every year uh, because one time back when Liz was working, she, uh, no, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I don't want anything. Okay, great. You ain't getting anything. And then I didn't get the flowers. And then all these women she worked with, they brought in flowers. They, they had flowers sent to him, and Liz didn't get any flowers, and that was just hell on earth for the rest of the night. So ever since then, I said to you yesterday, I said, hell or high water, she's getting flowers. Okay, and that's how that's always going to go. So I went and I bought the flowers yesterday, and I always feel weird buying the flowers on. It's almost like I'm robbing the giant eagle when I go and get the flowers. I'm okay. I mean, I'll need an explanation because well, I've never. Do you just grab them and run out the door without paying. <laughs> no, <laughs> I pay for them. You're fine. He but turns into the, the town. So it's it's as fast as <laughs> I possibly. It's as fast <laughs> as I possibly can go. Like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get flowers, and I'll get a card. And I got a funny card this time. Usually, I get these dramatic cards, and I write out this big thing, and I go, let's switch it up this year. Let's get a funny one. And so I got this one. It was like, if I can love you any, if loving you is a crime, throw my ass in jail. And it was this donkey, and it would make a noise and stuff like that when you open it up. It was great. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. I'll do that. So at least I had fun with that. But I had to go get the flowers. And, I mean, it is because it just it feels – I don't know, Jonathan, it feels cliche. 
which oh, I don't so want to feel. feel you, okay. Yeah, but I'm like, when else are you supposed to get flowers, dude? No. Like, I, when are you supposed to get them? Because they're supposed to be fresh. So I, I used to have a problem with this if I bought flowers that weren't Valentine's Day. I always thought that the the cashier would think that, oh boy, this guy really messed up. Like this guy, this guy, what a mistake! Really? Yeah, I used to have a problem with it. I'd be wow, like, I, I clearly I'm buying that. flowers. I I'm in the doghouse. Why else would I be you know buying flowers? See, I've picked up stuff and I go, oh, I'm gonna get some flowers. No, be nice but, for but you'd be surprised though they just, they give you really nice reactions to it. I think I think the I think they lean towards if you're buying flowers, you're all right. Something happened. You're doing you're you're at least doing it. You're you're not not buying flowers, right? Which no, is man, a good I, deal. Like, yeah, right. Like you're at least, there's an attempt there. Even even if you did mess up, but I'm not saying anyone did. But like I think they give you the benefit of the doubt. And I, I I've noticed when I buy flowers in non Valentine's Day moments. They give me good looks, as if like, oh yeah, this, this guy's this, it's a good guy right that's here. That's what I did, because I like if I like if Liz is like, can you stop here and get this, this, and this? And I stop into the Eagle, and I go and I'm like, well, I'll get some flowers. It's like June 14th, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh well, I you know, just, hey, any idiot can give flowers on Valentine's Day. I'm giving flowers on June 14th. Look at me, I'm that's better right. than all you guys. That's Flag Day. That's what I th- is it really? I think so. Well, Liz <laughs> gets flowers for Flag Day and Valentine's Day apparently. So. I just feel so weird going in there because it's, I don't, I can't explain it. It's like I'm just in this cliche thing. Is I it because like you kind of you you work hard to not be a cliche? Yeah, man. And I got to go there and I see, like, and mm. you see all these guys and they all look like me. I'm wearing my Duluth Trading Company jacket and I'm wearing my, yeah, I got my boots on. I'm like, all right, here's these flowers. And I got this card and now I got to go. And it's every, I do not want to talk to a cashier. It's like one of the few times I want to deal with a cashier, but I, and I go, I don't, I want to be in and out as fast as I can. Well, the customer, the guest services table is the closest thing to the exit. Right. So I want to get in and out. Boom, boom, gone, 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 gone. But she got out and left and like helped somebody at a register. And I went and there was three people working a register down at the end. And then there was a bunch of uh, regular self-checkouts. I'm like, I'll do self-checkout. Every time I went to a self-checkout, someone stepped in front of me. It was like a movie. Mm. And I'm like, I don't want to stand here. So I had to stand there. Like, I was kind of like hiding the flowers. Like, I'm not buying flowers, really. And I had to do that. And I mean, I got. If you look to your left and right, other people were buying flowers. I was though. walking briskly out of the Giant Eagle, and there was this couple in front of me. And I didn't want to like rush by them and hold the flowers because I didn't want them to see me holding the flowers. Yeah. Yeah. And they like stopped on their way out, like, oh, look at the price on that wine. And I'm like, what is the, what do you do? Go, get out of here, go. <laughs> I got to get going here. I don't want people to see me with the flowers. And it got so bad. Somebody was walking out. I got a great spot right near an island. Love an island spot out there in the parking lot. And it was like right You're by an the door. Boy. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to get in and out of this. Careful. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I got this spot right on an island. And I went to go, and I had him in my right hand. And yeah. this person came walking at the back of my truck. I actually was able to nose her in. And I took my body and turn and hid the flowers as I put them in the back. No, seat it's truck. Valentine's Day. I didn't want anybody no. else to see. What's your problem? You get, I get, don't know. Why don't you order them online if you got I'm such I'm just an so issue ashamed of myself. Like, I have to go buy the flowers on Valentine's Day. I'm going to send this air check to Liz so she knows what kind of personal torment she's putting It is. In. It is. And I, I thought about that. I think about this every year, and I go, why didn't you just have him delivered? And I go, right. I don't want to go through the added rigmarole of having him delivered and all that stuff. And or, I go, well, or doing my day where it shows up on the 13th, and then you're like, oh, no. And just get him delivered to the house? What's that? There's no other people working with her at the house. So what, what's that going to do? What do you mean? I'm not what impressing the, what's anybody. Do? 
I, if I just go pick up the flowers and I bring the flowers home, it's like, here's your flowers. I've brought your flowers. No, they, no I you know why you do this because this sounds very 1955 of you is what this sounds no, like. No, it's 1957 well, in my house. I told that you that. Yeah. in the 50s yeah. still. Uh-huh. But if, yeah, where it's like, all right, I got to go to the store. Liz wears an go to the around store. the house all yeah. day. Got to go to the store. Got to pick up the flowers because it's Valentine's yes. Day. They have these things delivered to the house these days. And that's another thing that I'm, in, I'm competitive about, nasty about, because I remember that day that all these other ladies got flowers and she didn't get the flowers. And I go, there's no point in me delivering flowers if somebody else is not going to be were you guys? You guys it. weren't married yet, were you? We not? were married. Oh, okay, yeah, we good. were hitched. Because it's a good tip from Mitch there. Don't send flowers to someone to their work if you guys aren't serious, serious. That's another, the hell that's would another, do that? That's another thing. I, I've seen that pop up recently. People just sending flowers to people's workplaces when they won't even see in for a couple months. That is the easiest way. A couple to months. Not get, yeah, that is the easiest way to not get uh, hmm. more dates. Really? Yeah, yeah. How long you got to be together before you send flowers? I would think a year at a minimum, maybe something around there. Maybe even maybe Holy even a little bit Chautauqua. earlier. To their work, to their work's a big deal. Yeah, because then they got to they got to answer for all the all the questions around. It. Oh, who's that? You know, all those all those type of things. Well, I would feel I think they I have made to... it a month and a half with my current yeah. wife. Really? For flowers. Yeah. It was her birthday though, and we were had just become serious. They'd only just begun. Like, Again, but the dating stuff is weird these days. I would feel I would feel if you if, if you'd only man. dated like two months, but you had already seen her at work and they already knew who you were. That's they different. Had already seen that's you. different. They've already yeah. seen you. They know about you. That's, that's I think rule. that's a little bit different. Yeah. That's good. Mitch, did you uh, did you contact that woman on yesterday? Contact has been made. Um, sexy. Saturday is there something going on for sure. Yeah. Tonight, maybe. Oh, there he is. All right. I'm not gonna say anything more because apparently she likes the show. So uh, she likes you. <laughs> Not a fan of tone, is she? <laughs> I wonder who else can't confirm or deny anything. <laughs> wow, Lee! Wow, awesome, excellent. All right, uh, yeah, tone's going to give you. It, tone's going to give you relationship advice that sabotages this thing now. No, well, no, he's just going to say, "Wait until you're 42 and then ruin your life." That's what he's going to tell. <laughs> Coming up at 7:20, Brendan Brendan Gulick going to join us on the show. We'll talk Buckeyes with him. He's from the Buckeye Breakdown. Of course, he covers the Buckeyes and hosts right here on 92.3 The Fan. Coming up next, you feel disrespected. Sorry, I had to get the flowers thing in. I just had to get that off my chest. The problem with all this is you might feel disrespected. I think 70% of the league feels disrespected. Ken Carmen, Jonathan Peterlin, take us with you to work on the free Odyssey. If you're a Cavs fan in Cleveland, do you feel the Cavaliers are disrespected? I do. There's a problem with it, though. 216-474-0092. We're halfway through this season. They are 36-17. and 17. They're kicking ass. They're taking names. I believe they have the second-best record in the Eastern Conference. I didn't see it change they over do. when I got in here this morning. They're or six woke games up this back. Morning. They there have you a two-game lead over third. Two-game lead over the Bucks. Uh, the Knicks are fourth, the 76ers, the Pacers, and the so on and the so forth. So they have the second-best record in the East officially here as we get into the All-Star break. They won last night. It wasn't the greatest win I've ever seen in my life, but it, it was explainable, and I think they've tried some things out, and they've been trying some things. And I can be encouraged by a lot. And we talked about that in the opening segment, Jonathan Peterlin and I did. Mm-hmm. I believe, Peterlin, that the Cavs are disrespected. But I believe I could say the same about 70% of the teams, maybe even more, how they feel, how their fan base feels. I think if Kenny Carmen was doing this show with Jonathan Peterlin in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I would feel maybe we feel we are disrespected. I feel, And they're champions. I feel that if we were doing this show in... Philadelphia disrespects themselves. I feel if we were doing this show in <laughs> Oklahoma City, I think we'd That's feel that one. we were disrespected. That's got to be the one. They, feel, feel, they got to feel immensely disrespected. I feel, it, you know, if we were in L.A., 
I don't know what the hell we talk about. But if we were talking about the Clippers, I think we could feel the Clippers are disrespected. I think we could feel if we were Suns fans, we'd feel they are disrespected. Um, I, I feel a lot of teams that have kind of gone to this level and have kind of just like kind of stayed there right now. I think a lot of those teams feel disrespected. And I think the other teams, they're either good enough where people are talking about them big time. I think there's a couple teams that have started to ascend Minnesota, for instance. And then I think there's teams that people just don't care about because they're terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think the NBA has got a, it's a real interesting landscape because I feel like you're either, you're either LeBron James and the Lakers who are, they themselves are wildly disappointing all things considered after winning the in-season tournament, Uh but you're either one of those big dog teams that everyone puts up there and then, and then just tries to throw you down every way possible. You know, Boston, for instance, if, 98% 98% of the leagues or teams across the league had Boston success as far as for making it to the NBA finals, making it to as many uh, conference championship finals as they have. You'd be like, they are in an absolute pinnacle part of what they should be doing. Yeah. Like, this is great. This is fantastic. And, uh, you know, Boston fans, it just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Right. And, it, and it's nonstop. It's nonstop. Whether it's, so whether if you're at the top, you're getting, disrespected and then if you're one of these teams like Oklahoma City like Cleveland one of these teams that are on the rise you're also feeling like you're being disrespected I I felt disrespected before but I have to understand that I think that if you ask somebody else like if I were to ask any of the national people I feel that they would say no it's not disrespect it's just the truth because anytime you hear from anybody outside of Cleveland it the conversation just turns into Donovan Mitchell's future including the stuff that got propagated yesterday where, hey, you know what? Uh, He might end up being, or he's not going to be there at the end of the season or at the end of his contract from two NBA general managers randomly, mysteriously or whatever. Like it's gotten to the point where I I get a little bit nervous about him going to the all-star break because people talk at the all-star break, guys hang out at the all-star break. There's been famous stories about that sort of thing. And I'm like, I I don't want him to get away from the Cavs. But when I hear him talk, I go, he's interested in one thing. He's interested in winning. It's put more pressure on the Cavs to get out and win this year is my whole thought of it. Because if they don't get to the second round, I really, I don't, I think this could be an Eastern conference finals team. I think if you get to the Eastern conference finals, it could seal the deal about him signing a long-term deal. Sure. It does. I'm not saying to stay here long-term, but it changes the conversation. I want to make sure we put him in a position. My entire goal with Donovan Mitchell this year, Peterlin is to, Get him to sign a long-term deal so at least there's some stability and we can calm down and I don't have to hear all this garbage from the outside. But I also know that... Garbage is never going away. I got to tell you that. Well, but I also know that... But I can always look at it and say... Which I don't don't mind, by the way. Can I make a point on that really quick? Oh, go ahead. Hell. I don't mind the garbage never going away because I feel like I want pressure on this Cavs team to consistently have to get better and to have to make the moves to not just sit there and remain complacent. One thing I think is beautiful about Donovan is that it's putting pressure on them to go out there and get the pieces necessary and continue to try to get get better. I I mean, think about what happened with Kobe Altman from last last offseason now to the last time we heard him spoke. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there, there's an understanding there that you have to win, and it's because of Donovan that you have to win. You can't just say, oh, well, Evan Mobley's not progressing, so we're just going to be a first-round playoff team. No, it's like, if you want to keep Donovan, you got to consistently get better. It's the same thing that happened with LeBron. You want to keep LeBron, Los Angeles? Guess what? you got to get better, or who's on the phone call, and it's Golden State? I love this I, for the Cavs. I, I get pressure on well, Kobe Well, it gets Ullman. nervous. It, gets, it, it makes us nervous, but at the same time, I look at it and say, okay, if they get beat in the first round of the playoffs again, I think it's all on the table, and I don't think he would be staying here. 
If they make it to the second round, I think you can make an argument either way. If they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, then I think it's almost a guarantee that he signs here. He signs here long-term. Also knowing that he's a good enough player, if this thing were to collapse, if Evan Mobley doesn't develop, if if, if Darius Garland is just a guy and they make him a tradable commodity, because I'm like, hey, you can't trade him now. I cannot guarantee you can never trade him for the future. So if Darius Garland just becomes a guy that you can't count on because of injury or whatever... Then I also know that Donovan Mitchell could look at it and go, hey, I want out of here, and somebody's going to be able to come get me because I know I'm a good basketball player and I know I can be part of a winning formula. So never are we truly out of the woods, but I'm not going to sit there and lie to people and insult their intelligence and say that we are. But I do think that if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm about 98% sure that there will be a contract signed this summer with the Cavaliers and with him long-term. Agreed. He just wants to win. Listen, what's what's the big thing on Donovan Mitchell right now? He's never made it out of the second round. Yes. That's the big thing. He couldn't win in Utah at all. He had Rudy Gobert, three-time defensive player of the year. Couldn't win in Utah. Has to win here. That's the the number one thing. 216-474-0092. Do you feel the Cleveland Cavaliers are disrespected? I do, but I think it's the same thing that's felt by a lot of people from a lot of different cities. You know, Ken, I was telling you, I was listening to the fan in New York yesterday, and all they kept doing was talking about, oh, Jalen Brunson gets no superstar calls. He's being disrespected. Nobody across the NBA appreciates Jalen Brunson. I wouldn't give Jalen Brunson superstar calls either. Well, do you think Donovan gets superstar calls? No, no. I'm not not pointing out our guy does. A handful handful of people, I believe, get superstar calls, but that's they believe they have the superstar. Superstars are not well, regular I mean, everyday I, guys. Do you think Donovan's a superstar? I think he's a. I think he's a fabulous player. I, I I put the superstars up there in a very rarefied air. There's one percent guys, and I don't find him in a one percent guy. Give me your superstar list. Is that the Giannis, Jokic, yeah, LeBron, th- yeah. Durant territory I, stuff? And then is that like, where do you cut it off? I think there's about five, six, maybe seven guys if you wanted to go off the top. Because Donovan's got to be knocking on the doorstep of that, doesn't Donovan he? Donovan might be close, but he's not in that category. I think late in games, I think the Cavs, not only does he take over, and you saw him do that last night. Some of that's not his fault. I I think part of why he takes over is because he knows if he puts his head down and goes to the basket, you saw this last night in the final minute, he's going to get to the free throw line. Yes. He gets a a fair share of calls. That's not a knock on him as a player. I think that's a knock on him just being known internationally. There's just players that are just known internationally. That's part of being a superstar where they get those calls. There, there's there's Jordan calls and things like that. Well, yeah, Jordan's known all across the world. Yeah, the Jordan rules is different. Being a brutal icon for everybody out there, so there's a difference there. With a lot of these, Kobe was the same way as time went on for him because he became an icon no, and a legend. I'm not, listen, I'm not, dis- I'm not disagreeing way. with you. Yeah. I, I just, so Jalen Brunson, I just wanted your, your ideology yeah, on Jalen Brunson is in the, isn't in that conversation. If Donovan Mitchell isn't in that conversation, and I agree with that. No. I agree with that. Donovan's, no. Donovan should be considered a much bigger superstar than Brunson is. But if they're arguing about this in New York, well, then of I, course we can be arguing about it here. Yeah, but if I were a Knicks fan, I'd probably be really mad at you for saying that because our guy... Of course you would be because you're looking at Brunson mm, you're like, the guy's getting MVP votes. Yeah. The guy is up there in uh, and we're consideration. Arguing, and we're arguing that our guy should be able to get MVP votes. Exactly so right. The, the apple's not too far from the tree here, is it? Part of the and it's a big reason why I don't think that he'd be traded to the Knicks because I mean you're going to get the same guy to play together in the backcourt. It's basically the same dude. But they but both it, got dog in them. They're both really f- sensational players. I think they've both been underrated at times in their careers. They're both fantastic. Yeah, my problem though, Ken, is that a lot. Of, it feels like to me at least, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this. I feel like a lot of times Cleveland fans we fall back on the idea that we're disrespected because we're in Cleveland, right? We're disrespected because we're not in New. York. Well, guess what? They're having these same conversations in New York. You're not getting much bigger than New York, and they're having the same conversations we're having here. 216-474-0092. I think that's a great point about even New York. Like Sometimes you want to break it down to markets. I looked at the Clippers, but I think you're right. I think the New York Knicks fans, and they can be nasty to their own brood. It's the same thing as Philadelphia fans. 
but I think that Knicks fans do feel disrespected. I put the Cavaliers in that list. I put the Knicks in there. I think the Pacers probably feel a little bit disrespected. I, sure. I think that I think Heat fans can make an argument for it, even though I think that they get a world of respect from all around just for the Heat culture and things. The Magic are a team that people are having fun talking about. Minnesota's a team that people are having fun talking about. Minnesota's great. Pels yeah. are a team that people have had fun talking about here over the last couple of years, even with the whole Zion Williamson thing. The Kings, they were darlings last year. I think people are looking at the Kings, and I think it might be the same way. If you're a Kings fan, you're wondering what the hell's going on. There's just simply more expected of you. When you're a disappointment, and they've been a bit of a disappointment this year, and some of that's rightfully so, when you're a bit of a disappointment, you're going to feel like you're attacked. The Cavs, their disappointment came in the playoffs. So you had an entire offseason of disrespect lobbed at you. Then there's the whole Donovan Mitchell situation. Well, none of that is something that you can change. So there's a lot of fans that I think are feeling frustrated here. I just think that's the way of the NBA. I, I just do. I think there's a lot of, there's why, a lot why of narrative is that, conversation. Why is, it, why is it set up that way where it feels like uh, you only get a handful of superstars. You only get a handful of people that really feel like they're getting their due. Because it's the elite of the elite, and there's only so many guys you feel you can win a championship with. And I, I, I could try to say the same thing for Patrick Mahomes, but by the time next year comes around, somebody's going to talk themselves into it. Somebody's going to say that they can stop Mahomes. It's the ultimate team game. It's a possibility. Well, Mahomes, that seems crazy Mah- to say on February it, 15th. He said it in his uh, Super Bowl speech yesterday. He was like, everyone doubted us. And he was like, they dropped four straight or whatever it was when they lost the Raiders that game, that Sunday night game against the Packers when they lost that one. Maybe it's people, hard. maybe people did doubt him a little bit. It's hard to repeat, and I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick him coming up for the threepeat. I'm not going to do it. It's the ultimate team game, baseball, ultimate wild card. In the NBA, I do feel the vast majority. There's about four or five guys in the NBA at best who people think can win a championship, and when some of those guys play together, it's almost that they don't pay attention. So then the rumor conversation starts. So when these guys all get together, and can we get them on this team? Can we get them on that team? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of uninteresting basketball teams in the NBA, right. especially in February. And now we're getting to the All Star break, and this conversation around Donovan Mitchell and his future. It's not going to be a fun all-star break. It's only going to fan the flames when you tune into some of these festivities. Yeah, the networking side of the NBA is so interesting. It's almost like it's almost like our job world, yeah. right, where you just got to be networking and they're constantly talking to people. Hell, you heard the reports yesterday. You're not going to like we, it. We talked about the Warrior stuff, right? And it's like, well, get down to the bottom of it. What was it? Uh, it was Draymond. It was Draymond being like, hey, I think we need to go get LeBron. And then and then uh, them reaching out to Genie Bus and then Genie reaching out to LeBron's people to see if there's any interest there. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens all the time. Why did Chip Kelly... Go to Columbus after leaving a head coaching job at UCLA. I have a theory about that. Chris Holtman got fired. Who are they going to replace him with as they get the timeline started earlier than everybody else when it comes to replacing their head basketball coach? I got a couple of theories about that. But Brendan Gulick, he's got better theories. He joins us next on the fans. Let's get the Brendan Gulick here. Hello. Lima could have danced on graves and he didn't. He didn't Hello, Brendan. What's up? <laughs> Hi, Brendan Gulick. How are you? Brendan. I'm great. You know, it is certainly not lost on me, the irony of having this conversation this morning with with Lima not in studio. It is. It's bad. It's very bad. You know, it is what it is. He, uh... He's wanted this for a long time, so I hope he's right. That's all I can say. Hope they get get an upgrade. Gulick's the Buckeye breakdown guy. You can find him on YouTube. You can find him all over social media. He also covers the Buckeyes. He also hosts here for 92.3 The Fan, 92.3thefan.com. He's a wonderful man. And he joins us right now on that hotline. Were you surprised at all that Chris Holman got fired yesterday? Did you think he might Uh, make it to the end of the year? Yeah, that's that's really where the surprise was for me because I thought it became kind of obvious – you know, the last maybe two to three weeks that he was probably going to be let go. 
uh, it did catch me by surprise that he was let go yesterday. Um, and even at that, I mean, everybody talks about, oh, well, now they're the they're the first team in line for the next, you know, big head coach and whatever. They can start the search earlier. I I, I don't know that I necessarily buy that because you you can't really start talking. I mean, you can do some back channeling, I guess, but you can't really start talking to guys until after the season's over, anyways. Um, and, and Ohio State's a big enough brand that it doesn't really matter. They're, they're going to be able to go attract an extremely high-quality candidate anyways. It's not like they're going to be, you know, the, the kind of program that needs to uh, put together some crazy package or whatever for somebody because they're not sure if they can attract somebody that's going to want the job. Um, so, it, you know, the, the whole getting a jump start thing, I'm, I'm not really buying that. And actually, Gene Smith kind of alluded to that yesterday when he spoke with the media for about 15 minutes last night. Um, you know, I, I, Gene said he wanted the team to feel like they had a little jolt of energy here at the end of the season. And I guess if, you know, if he's made up his mind, he's made up his mind. Um, but I, I was a little surprised that they uh, they pulled the trigger now as opposed to you know, a couple of weeks from now. Who's the leader in the clubhouse now? Is it, is it Greg McDermott? I, I, I knew Greg years ago when I covered Wichita State and in the Missouri Valley. I, I think so highly of him. I think he's got an extremely high character. He's just a wonderful human and a great basketball coach, Brendan. Yeah, Greg is certainly uh, certainly among the guys that I think Ohio State would really like. Uh, seven years ago when Holt got the job, McDermott was the other finalist. Um, and actually, I, I don't remember all of the circumstances around it because I wasn't covering the team then, but Holtman was – offered the job and politely declined and then kind of circled back and told Gene, you know what, if the offer still stands, I think I'd like to take it. And uh, at that point they had not offered the job to, uh, to McDermott yet. Um, I, I think Greg's done an incredible job at Creighton. Um, you know, that program is, gosh, they are certainly one of the best mid-major you know, kind of schools. Obviously, they play in the Big East. It's not a mid-major league, but it, Creighton is not a huge school, and yet, you know, that is a a terrific program. Obviously, went to the Elite Eight last year for the first time, and you know, they're probably going to have uh, a fourth top twenty-five finish now in the last five seasons. So, Greg certainly is on the radar. A couple other names that uh, you know, kind of people are throwing out: Sean Miller down at Xavier. I thought he's done a really good job turning around the Musketeers. Um, you know, the Travis Steele era didn't really go the way they wanted it to. And, and Sean Miller's a hell of a basketball coach. I don't I don't know for sure that he'd want to come to Columbus. Xavier's got a really good thing going. And that, you know, on a, on a campus where there is no football, hoops is the hottest thing smoking. And, you know, I don't know if he wants that for sure. Uh, Lamont Paris at South Carolina probably has a pretty good chance to win coach of the year. Uh, nationally, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if he gets some consideration. A lot of people are, are starting to throw out Dusty May uh, down at FAU. I don't know a ton about him. Obviously, they had an, an incredible run. Um, I get the impression they probably want somebody who's got some like slam dunk um, major college basketball or NBA coaching experience. And so, you know, do they call Brad Stevens and make him say no? Do they call Jay Wright or Billy Donovan and make him say no? I, I don't know if if that's quite going to happen. Um, Mick Cronin, uh, some, some folks are interested in. Obviously, Mick Cronin did a great job at Cincinnati, and, and there were a lot of people thought culturally it wasn't going to work at UCLA, and all of a sudden he's done a great job at UCLA. Uh, but maybe the one name that Ohio State fans um, are, are, are kind of clamoring for, like, hey, would this guy come home, 
is Chris Gent, who obviously is, you know, a, a former Buckeye and apparently wanted the job badly uh, a few years back. You know, the guy who was an assistant under, under Thad Mata and now is an, a, an associate head coach for the Lakers. He's got a great relationship with LeBron. That that matters these days. If you, you know, if you can go be the head coach of the Buckeyes and you got a great relationship with LeBron, that um, that's a good thing. So those are some of the names I think that uh, are going to get some consideration. But I, I would put Chris Jett and Greg McDermott right at the top of the list there. Brendan Gulick joining us here on the show. How much did NIL play into the downfall of Chris Holtman and then the decision to let him go yesterday on Valentine's Day of all days? Yeah, I mean, I think it had to have because <laughs> sacred day. You know, you, you don't you don't fire a coach who's got thirteen million dollars left on his uh, on his contract uh, unless that is certainly a part of it. And you know, right now Ohio State is as healthy with its NIL as they've ever been. Uh, you, you've seen it probably more publicly play out on the football scene over the last, uh, I guess, two months at this point. Um, but you know, President Carter, who is the new president down there, is a um, he. He is a pretty sharp guy. He's a pretty decisive guy. And uh, Gene Smith basically said he had a really frank conversation with him. Here's what we need to do. And he said President Carter backed it the whole way. Uh, I'm I'm sure they have the resources to be able to handle that kind of uh, that kind of decision. I will say this, so I, I I feel like it's an appropriate thing to say. I. I love Chris Holtman. I mean, truly one of my favorite coaches that I have ever covered. He is as genuine a guy as, as you're going to find anywhere in college athletics, um, does everything the right way. And frankly, it, it, it's, it's mind boggling for a guy who's had a ton of success in his career that for whatever reason, it just didn't work. And uh, you know, the results are what they are, man. I mean, it's the, the last two years have not, been even close to good enough and um you know you don't you don't get three years to figure it out at a program like ohio state you you have to win and uh it's disappointing that it didn't work but um i'm looking forward to seeing where he lands on his feet if he wants to keep coaching because he's uh he's a really really good coach and he's an excellent guy Brandon, a lot of people are considering chip kelly like just it's it's almost weird it's almost like an upgrade over bill o'brien uh do you feel yeah. that same way as well i do it's weird i mean how 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 do you like luck into an accidental upgrade there? You know, and I'm not even necessarily knocking Bill O'Brien for it um, because from what I understand, you know, he's got a, a son who deals with a pretty rare condition and one of the best doctors in the world that treats that condition is in Boston. So in, in addition to trying to get to the top of his profession again, you know, as a coach, he probably made a decision that was best for his family and, you know, did the timing of it all suck for Ohio State? Yeah, um, but I think there's there's not a lot of ill will uh, even inside the building at the Woody Hayes Center. I, I you know, it, it sort of is what it is, but it's this perfect storm of, wow, you get Chip Kelly to to come run your offense, and you know whether you whether you like Chip or not, he's probably one of the you know most innovative offensive minds in football in the last thirty forty years. Um, and, and the, you know, fairly incredible circumstance where he was at New Hampshire when Ryan Day was the quarterback for New Hampshire and Ryan has publicly come out and said like, yeah, this guy is my like most treasured coaching mentor. And, and, you know, the fact that we get to coach together is kind of a no brainer. I mean, 
when Chip decided he didn't want to be the head coach at UCLA anymore, that phone call from Ryan Day was probably not a very long interview. Um, And with what the Buckeyes have coming back offensively, heck yeah, I'm excited, man. I think it's a great upgrade. Brendan Gulick joining us here on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. This It just seems so trite to ask you, but I'm going to ask you. Okay. If they lose to Michigan, is the heat back on because of the amount of money or the heat is fully on and overboard and that, that Ryan Day has to go because of the money that they've invested on this year's team? Yeah. No, it's, I, I don't think it's trite because I think that's kind of the – that's kind We're of talking about big, of, big dollars here, Brennan. I mean, this is pretty incredible. Yeah. No, I, for sure. And, you know, I, I've said it a lot. I think Ryan Day is the right guy to lead this program. I know a lot of people don't agree with me. Um, I think Ryan has done an unreal job in a, in a time period where it, it almost feels like coaching football is, you know, third, fourth, or fifth on the list of things that you got to do. Yeah. I give him a lot of credit for um, – evolving a bit as a head coach you know how many times do you think of of coaches that don't really want to part ways with the thing that got them the job ryan is an offensive you know really i don't know i don't want to throw the word genius out there but like ryan is really really good as an offensive mind and he's been a great play caller and he's given that up because he feels he needs to in order to to coach this team the way they need to be coached and, and to basically be the ceo of the program um so I, I give him credit for evolving. He's got Jim Knowles basically as the head coach of the defense. He's got Chip Kelly, who he trusts more than anybody else in coaching, running his offense. He's got all the right pieces. Um, when Ryan spoke to us on, I, I mean, it was technically National Signing Day, although the, the Buckeyes basically signed everybody in December. You know, we heard from Ryan last week, and you know, I asked him point blank. I said, hey, in 2020, when you had Justin Fields in, in his second year, and two years ago when you had C.J. Stroud in his second year, you know, you, you pretty much straight out told us, hey, I, I want to play, especially in 20, because I feel like this is a national championship caliber team. And I said, do you, it's obviously really early. you got to figure out your quarterback. But do you feel that same way about this group? And he said unequivocally, yes, I do. Um, so the, the stakes are as high as they've ever been. The Buckeyes have been as aggressive as they've ever been. Um, and, yeah, I would say if he doesn't win, man, I, you know, you got to find somebody to win. And um, it's not sitting well with them. They haven't beaten Michigan in a few years. And, and if you lose four in a row, that would be pretty tough to overcome. I think Chip Kelly kind of got the clock restarted on himself because I, I, I think their schedule is pretty tough this year at UCLA. And I figured that, well, they want to save some money and they were just going to let him take the losses this year before they got a new new coach. Now Chip Kelly's going to go off to a different pasture there. But I think it's indicative of a couple of people kind of jumping ship, just trying to restart their careers, trying to get away from the whole having to re, having to recruit your own guys, having to hit the portal so hard. Do you think that over the next couple of years, regulation is coming, though? Because I look at a lot of these coaches in a lot of these situations, I'm going, man, if you can just hold on for three to five more years, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people looking around going, God, I hope it's three to five years, and, and if it could be sooner, please and thank you. Um, Chip Kelly left UCLA for two reasons. One, uh, did not see eye to eye with their athletic director, who, by the way, went to UCLA from Ohio State, um, Martin Jarman. They they did not get along well. Um, and frankly, Chip Kelly just wants to coach football. He, I think Chip Kelly is uh, pretty over all of the um, – 
other stuff that you got to do when you're a head coach and when you're coaching at a place that probably should have the resources to be really competitive. But realistically, like UCLA football is not going to become a, a major national brand. And Chip was trying to get back to the NFL. He had a couple of offensive coordinator interviews. Um, when that didn't happen, you know, it's a weird thing to be living in a time where it makes sense for a, a head coach to go be an offensive coordinator elsewhere in the same conference. But the reality is he's taking a job that couldn't be any more comfortable for him because of, of the head coach and because of the talent that he's got. Um, and the reality is Ohio state should be, I mean, as favored as anybody to win a national championship, maybe outside of Georgia. Um, you know, I, I know the Buckeyes and Ryan day have been begging for some federal regulation around NIL space. And yet, you know, Ohio state right now is the school spending more money than anybody else. Uh, they were, they were running behind pretty considerably and, you know, now you've got SEC coaches complaining that Ohio State's spending too much money. So, you know, I don't think it's good for the sport. I've I've hated NIL um, as a uncapped, unregulated entity since it started. I have no problem with NIL on the surface, and um, I, I think Ohio State wants to be a leader in that space. But, you know, the, the, the haves and have-nots in college football are continuing to separate. I just don't think it's good for the sport at all. And you know, thankfully, Ohio State's positioned themselves to to be able to be successful. But, um, man, we need some guardrails in this thing for sure. Brendan, we thank you very much for the time. You know we love you. All the best. Thank you, Brendan. <laughs> love you guys, too. It's a great show. It's, and it's nice to be on without Lima. How about that? Wow. Whoa, <laughs> taking shots. Okay, Brendan, thank you for the time. See you, guys. See you later. Brendan Gulick joining us from the Buckeye Breakdown. You can find him on YouTube. Find him on Twitter, all over social media. And, of course, you hear him here on 92.3 The Fan. He's on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Now, we got Mary Kay at 820. Coming up next, we do have Fix My Life. It's not their party. It's supposed to be yours. But before that, real quick before that, guys, this is exactly what the NCAA wanted, and you played right into their hands. That's next on The Fan. 820, Mary Kay Cabot going to join us on the show. 8 o'clock, it's downright diabolical. I hope, I hope that no one's actually going to confirm this suspicion. I hope. However, we will get the FML coming up in just a moment. I think this was exact. We just had Brendan Gulick on. He's wonderful. He's a good guy. I guess he's playing Pinehurst this weekend. Amazing. Yeah, congratulations on all your yeah. success. I don't even. Let me get the golf and that proper use on the show. Bastards out there playing. Look at him. Anywho, um, I think this is my theory. Longstanding theory is when they did this, I said this is exactly what the they're going to get. The NCAA is going to get what they want. Yeah, they're going to be begged for regulation. This is going to get way out of control to a lot of people. And I know there's plenty of people out there saying, good, for anybody who's getting NIL, for whatever mm. athlete out there, get as much as you can while you can because I think eventually they're going to put the clamps down some way, somehow. Well, hold on I now. think it comes in the form of making people employees and paying them a salary. I, I don't know about that one. I, I don't know about that one. And I'll, what? I'll, I'll explain. Because Which I, one? The, the idea that eventually uh, – first of all, I don't know that this is what the NCAA wants in general. I don't oh, know about I, that. I think they want to be asked to regulate. And I don't know about the regulation ever happening, and I'll explain it simply. Okay. I'm for regulation, by the way. I love the idea of a salary cap. I thought Patino was dead on. The problem here is right now you're asking the car dealerships in East Lansing to funnel and pay the NIL if the Michigan State Spartan wants a new center, right? Like, like that's That, yeah. I think, is inherently the problem. And yeah. I know, listen, I, I, I did this last week, and I took some flack on it. People are like, oh, well, they're not asking individual people. These boosters have a bunch of money. That's great, but right now these programs – 
are getting people outside of the programs to actually pay for J.J. McCarthy wanting a new car. Yes. Like, that's that's why it's never going to change in my mind. I hope it well, does. But, but if it changes, then the schools are, are taxed with the bill. Well, again, I don't know how it works. I don't know how it's, I'm actually going to put it all together other than when I say, well, you got to make them salaried employees, and I know that comes with everything else because then if you make them salaried employees, like, schools ain't going to take less School, money. Schools are loving so, this right now because they're not the one footing the bill. Ohio State wants to win championships mm, again. It's the boosters that are paying the bill. That's true. That's true, I think, to a certain degree. But I also think there are plenty of people, while we don't care because I didn't go to Ohio State and I don't care about their academic standing, I do think that a university president has to take that into account about how they're seen as a university, how they're seen as a, as a standard for higher education because technically taxpayer dollars do get funneled to state schools like that. So I think that that is a major concern for university presidents where we don't take, we don't care about that sort of thing. I, well, I, first off, I don't think that is going to be in the future a concern at all. I think they're going to have a complete separation of the idea that you come to school for football uh, and you have to have. I think that's possibly true. I and I, I, I would see it in this case if I were to make them, if I were to make them salaried employees. I think that becomes part of it. But I think you know, Title IX has to be involved. All these other things have to be involved. This is a big conversation. I want to fit this in real quick. Mm -hmm. But I do think the NCAA, in turn, because remember, it's just a, it, it's a name for a bunch of member institutions. It's just a name for the presidents and the colleges. Right. And so when you open this up, it's like, how can we where? How can you put the ketchup back in the bottle? The only way I can think of it is that all right, we just make all those things that used to be illegal illegal again because we can give them we can make them salaried employees. Now I can't stop you from giving money to a guy to represent your car dealership, but you better have documentation of him being a part of the car dealership because it's extra and it's also going to be part of what the university is. And there's this also things where hey, guys like you and me, we represent companies that are out there, I mean, but just also. The house is going to get its share, right? So maybe that's part of it as well. And I think that that's maybe what they would like to do is like, hey, you know what? Bob Jackson Toyota can give all these guys their money. Yeah, but why, they why does it hold fall on, on Bob hold Jackson on. Toyota? They're just giving – what do you mean? That, that's my problem with the whole setup is that right now it falls on Bob Jackson Toyota in order to go ahead and – hey, you want a new cornerback. Does, they're the ones that are, are, are putting the to. bill here. Because if you put a cap on things and then you go, okay – But then the school's here. paying for it. You can come here, and then Bob Jackson Toyota can make a contribution directly to the school, and then that can be funneled, or to the football program, and that can be under the cap right, but, but and funneled that, to the player. That plays with the idea that the school at this point is going to say, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to forget the collectives. We're going to bury all the idea of the collectives. We're going to go through with this process of going directly through the school, and if we don't generate enough money, then we're the ones footing the bill. It just it doesn't make sense from a school perspective. Right now, they're getting off scot-free, right? Right now, the schools aren't paying J.J. McCarthy when he wants to stay at Michigan. You're not seeing what I'm it's saying. It's the collective. The school, I, I'm missing something the school does not get anything from Bob Jackson Toyota. I don't know if there's a Bob Jackson Toyota out there. there I'm sorry to got to in the reputation. Yeah. There's got to be at least one. There's a Bob Jackson Studebaker out there. Fine, there we go. So Bob, J Ohio State's not getting anything from Bob Jackson Studebaker. Right now, they're not. Yes. Yes. This, in this sense, would get it. It's like when the fan, if I'm talking to about – any company that I represent on the fan because I'm a represent, right. represent, representative of the fan, the fan's getting a cut of that, clearly, and rightfully so. So the fan gets a cut of it. I represent it out there as a member of the fan, and that's all legal and above board. It happens in business. That's where I think that Ohio State, LSU, any member institution – they would want because then you get a cut of that as a school and there's no such thing no, as I, no i get that the but collective but roles the, and everything else i get that but, but what's the repercussion if they don't generate the 10 million dollars to hit the cap then it falls back on the school the school would have to pay the onus on that on what hitting the cap 
If you if you don't, yeah, like let's say Bob Jackson Toyota out there only raises $4 million, and that's as much of the boosting money they get, and they got a $10 million cap. The school's got to separate that difference. Right now, the school doesn't have to separate that difference. Right now, it's whatever your collective does is what your collective does. I, I don't, I'm not following what you're saying here. I clearly well, there's, if you there's go a gap over here. the cap. Well, if there's a cap and you go over the cap, it's on the school to go over the cap. Right now, you can't go over the cap because it doesn't exist. Well, there's no cap that exists. Right? So once yeah. you get over the cap, what's the penalty? I'm not talking for the about cap? over the cap. I'm talking about the difference between what the cap would be and then what they can actually generate and raise. Well, just because you can't meet the salary cap is not – I mean, that's – if Northwestern cannot meet a cap, then that's still – it goes back to the way it was, where if you can offer more, kids kids who are good football players are always going to pick Ohio State over Northwestern. Right, so that, and North, and that Ohio goes State's back to not changing. That's, that goes back to not changing. And honestly, kids who are really good at football were always going to have the upper hand over Michigan State, or Michigan State was always going to have the upper hand over a place like Northwestern. So they're always going to still go back to the classic way of, hey, this kid's a really good football player. He might not be Ohio State good, but he's Michigan State good. But, like, Northwestern can't outbid him unless he really, really wants to go to the school, unless he really wants to go to Purdue. But you're not going to be able to outbid a middle to higher Big Ten school like Michigan State. Penn State's a better example. Wisconsin is a better example there. So there's more put on the program, what you can get from it, and then if you have a cap, it kind of goes back to the way it is, where Ohio State – Alabama, Georgia, they offer the better opportunity. Right now, Ohio State and Georgia, they offer a better monetarial opportunity, monetary opportunity. So if you have yeah. a cap, it, and, and it, it turns to the classic sense. And Ohio State hadn't been doing yeah. that, and then you see them lose to Michigan so three straight years, it, and now all of a sudden the collective's gotten together. Say you have a $40 million cap real, your cap real quick. Say you have a $40 million year cap real quick. You have $40 million cap year cap. Yeah. If you can't get the $30 million, and they can, that's perfectly fine. They can do it. And it goes back to the way it was. Okay, and so in your, get, in your scenario, the, the school get, never touch, never spends a dollar of their own. No, no, no. They get their money, and they spend on the, on the, on the salary. Right, but do they, you, do they go into their own pockets, though? If they only, no, they, raise, they, if they they only raise $5 million from the boosters, is that what, just what they do, and that's it? They generate what they can generate. But the cap is the cap. So Ohio State can't spend over $40 million a year. Michigan can't spend over $40 million a year. Penn State can't spend over $40 million a year. But that also means that maybe Purdue can't spend up to $40 million a year. I'm pulling a number out of the air. Of course, but per- of Purdue can't do it. It's exactly the way it was back in the day. Purdue's always going to have a lower athletic budget than Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Wisconsin. It's always going to be that way. Right. So it goes back to the classic sense, and you get your regulation back. We're also now, okay, you want to pay Junior. He's a great wide receiver for us, and that's fine. But, you see, we have a cut here because he's a representative of Ohio State University, so we're going to get a cut of this now. That's how that's to work. I think the guardrails are important so that you don't have a situation where someone like if T. Boone Pickens was still alive was just like, I just I want to buy a title. That, that, that's why it's necessary to me. I, I would agree with that. I don't. I don't that know that I love okay. the idea of the schools. Wait, we did all that taking the charge with of that. Each other? Yeah, of course. I mean, the, wow. if, if we agreed at the beginning, it's just how you get there. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Coming up next, we got to do FML. I'm gonna get to that next. And an idea so diabolical. I hope it's not true. Ken Carmen, Jonathan Peterlin, and for tone on the fan. Mary Kay eight twenty. No, I don't know if I want to ask this question, but I'm gonna ask it. It's coming up in a moment. But first. We have a first birthday party to celebrate, everybody. It's fixed my life. FML, my life. My life. FML. Kenny, what do we do? Fixing lives. My life. You have a first birthday party coming up. 
Sunday. Saturday. Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Be there. Sunday. 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 Yeah. How many people for the first birthday party? About 50. Way too many. Way too many. That's we just a lot of people. She just my wife just kept inviting people. And then you go to their you go to their one year old's birthday party, and so they you go there, then you have to invite everyone and that friend uh, that friend group and my whole family's in town. Her whole family obviously lives here. It just ended up around fifty. A lot of people. A lot of people. That is a lot of folks to have to deal with on Sunday afternoon. I know it's gonna be a very busy weekend. But what did you say about first birthday parties? Which is why, well, we gotta talk about this tomorrow. I just, I have a hard time. This is kind of like taking your one-year-old to Disneyland or Disney World. I, I have a hard time. I, I spend a lot of time with my daughter. I love my daughter to death dearly. Everybody knows you love your daughter. Everybody loves their kids. Let's I go. still Couch feel like I got to say Let's it. Let's go. Still don't feel couch. like I got to say it. If I don't say Stop it, you'll question couching. it out there. Let's I go. Assume, unless you say you don't love your kids, I assume you love your kids. There are some bad dads out there. I don't, I don't know that the Even, assumption is given. But the bad really. dads say they love their kids. I feel like it's important. I say I spend a, a considerable amount of time with all my right. daughter. So In we fact, all know you love your dad. I watch my daughter during the day. He's afraid because he has family members coming into let's town. So they not, might be no, like, let's listen please. to Jonathan on the morning. Please. Let's go. Come on. My Stick him out there over not, the fence. Let's keep going. They do not listen to me on the radio. Go. Uh, I just don't understand the first birthday party. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Well, it's not hard to understand. I don't know why we're doing it. Oh, we're putting so much stress on ourselves. We have 50 people. We're doing goodie bags. We're worried about the, the musical entertainment. What was the musical entertainment? Right now, it's, uh, we got her uncle, who's a professional. He's a professional musician. So Does he's going like, to do, do like uh, guitar. And he's very talented. Does his but, name like, rhyme you... with Fabi Lomance? No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's Benny Romance, damn it. It's Benny Romance. There's, well. Swimming out. Hold on. Now you can talk, John. <laughs> Sorry. There was a debate. There is a... In he the, is an East Side entertainer. He no, there, there was a debate there. We should get one of the, the child entertainers that are very big in the community. Freddy Spaghetti, yeah. How do you entertain people for two hours in what is basically like a discovery zone for it, kids? It's, 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 it's a... It was so much effort, so much time. The party's from 2 to 4, so it's like that mid-afternoon. What kind of snacks you have? Solid having? two hours. Well done. Will your daughter two. even yeah, right. be awake that. from no, 2 that's, to 4? Well, so, yeah. So, her nap, it, it should time out pretty okay. But the problem is, it's like, I... I, I listen. She's not going to know the difference between today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. She has no idea. Mm. She has zero clue what's going on. And she's, a, I mean, she's an active baby. She has smiles. But she has no idea what, all, all the effort going into but this. Why, party, why are we putting so much effort in this? The party is really for you. It's supposed to be. Now, you guys are putting a great deal of stress on yourself, so that part sucks. But it's really supposed to be for you in a celebration that you've made to it the first point, year with your baby. It's 90%. It's for the baby in the you've got to have the right memory capturing mm-hmm. of it. Because at some point, she is going to look back at those photos and the videos and whatever and go, oh, that was my, my – I have a daughter that's like, I remember my first birthday. No, you don't. <laughs> you've seen photos of it, so you think you You remember do. how we ca- – you don't remember – the fights over the cakes and all of that stuff, right? My parents still, why well, my dad, my mom died. My dad still has a VHS of my first birthday party. I've never seen any at of this At the bowling stuff. alley? No, it was at home. It was at the house. Oh, oh. my first like 12 birthdays were at the, oh, bo- yeah. at the bowling alley. So yes. I, I we had a, a bonding moment there. And so this is 87, so it's dated. So my dad's making a bunch of references. Like the one time he turns it on, he goes, this is Gerardo Rivera. And everybody starts laughing. And that then it cuts dated. away. I <laughs> saw that guy on a Super Bowl it, commercial. It, it, I, I know, but I think it, at the time, and everybody's roaring. Good commercial, though. And I'm going, was that? Was that the tomb? Was it? Was he doing that because of the tomb? When, 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 when was the tomb? Like I was thinking about that. But anyway, like, yeah, I remember my cousin 
because all my family's either younger or older, but the one time my cousin, I, I knock over the birthday cake, and he just keeps saying, upside down cake, and he's trying to make everybody laugh, and nobody's laughing. <laughs> That's the only things I do remember about the video. Obviously, I don't remember. Have but you, it, it's about my parents. It was a celebration of them. Jonathan, have you purchased the smash cake yet? Yeah, that's the other thing. We have two different cakes. We have a uh, cake that everyone can eat that looks really nice, and then we also have the smash cake, which it's, is another thing yeah. I'm not really – I'm not I, – listen, I don't love the smash cake in general, though. I, I am – I'm a very clean eater. I don't like dirty. Okay. That's what – it's a problem with my baby is that uh, I, want, I yeah. want her to not be messy as an eater, but obviously babies are messy eaters. I, I don't love that. I'm constantly, like, cleaning her face and making sure that her hands are clean and everything. That's just a, that's a, a me thing. I – you should watch me eat barbecue ribs sometime. I, I'm the guy with like 47 napkins because I have to constantly really? after every single every bite. I'm constantly cleaning everything. I, uh, our son's birthday parties, first birthday parties, were not very crazy. You okay? So do you have photos? Do you have the VHS? You have it of your own? Do you have it of? Uh, I don't know if we have VHS. We have some pictures. You have pictures. Do they go back and look at them and say, "Wow, this was great," or are they just like, "Oh, there's number one, there's number two? Basically, yeah. Kind of what I'm worried about. We're doing so many things, so much effort into this. And listen, I'm sure my wife will have a great time. It's great my family's coming in. Love to see them anytime I can, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. That is a lot. So are they staying with you? Are they staying in the house? or They're renting an Airbnb. Okay, so at least they're not staying with you. My sister's staying with me. Then everyone else is renting an Airbnb. I think the perfect first birthday party would be you have the first birthday party, everything's fine, and then you leave the kid with grandma and you you go off somewhere for the evening. You go out. Because it should be for you guys. The first year's hell. For the first child, not by the second and third, you kind of get used to it. But the first child's hell. Thanks for acknowledging it. It's really tough. It, no, it is. It is. People don't talk enough in society about how tough it is the, the first year. One time, I was mowing the grass. I'll never forget this as long as I live. I was mowing the grass. Axel was just a pain. And I'm in the front yard. This is in West Park. It's a little post-stamp house we were renting. And I'm mowing the grass, and I looked, and Liz, if Liz had a shotgun, she would have blown me away right there. <laughs> she is staring at me. And, I mean, the grass is high, and I don't like high grass anyway, whether I'm running or owing, I don't care. And she's staring at me, and I turn the mower off and go, is there a problem? And Axel is just in this chair screaming while Elbow's bl- Elmo is blaring in the background, and she's going, get your ass in the house! Because she just couldn't take it. Could not take it. And just staring at me, I go, well, I got to finish the yard. And she stood there and stared at me while I finished that front yard. And it became a very nuclear situation right then and there. I mean, it's tough. It, 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 tries your, it tries your relationship. So I think at the end of the first year, it's like, all right, you know, I'm starting to get a return on investment. She's smiling. She's laughing. She can interact with me a little bit. Then I think it's okay. Okay. That's good. I like the perspective of it. Kind of look at it like this is a, it's a win. I made it a year. That in and of itself is a win. I just, yeah. I, I think about all the stress leading up to this. Uh, I'm trying to organize all sorts of different yeah. things. It's, it's way too much. Because you all, and you also, never wanna, again, never again. I think one of the things of it is you remember a nice moment because then you, you start to feel like you want to do it again and you have another one. Because that's how you forget. You forget all the bad things that happened. And you said you remember all the good things. That's how we are in life. We got Mary Kay Cabot coming up at 820. This was said yesterday on the morning show in Pittsburgh, 93 7 The Fan where they have been kicking around the idea of Justin Fields. They have been kicking around the idea of Russell Wilson. They've been kicking around the idea of maybe drafting a quarterback. They're also kicking around this idea for a new quarterback. 
That's a guy that intrigues me, Doran. Like, if he were to hit the free agent market, that price gets driven up and up and up. But I'd at least contact Baker Mayfield and just see what he's looking for. Because I think he would obviously be an upgrade over what the Steelers quarterback situation is right now. I think that if Baker Mayfield did get contacted by the Steelers and the Steelers were really interested, I think he'd be really interested in playing here just because of the fact that he would play the Cleveland Browns twice a year. And I think that that's how Baker Mayfield is wired. That chip on his shoulder that he's always had would be a huge Dorito chip on his shoulder <laughs> to go in there and play the Browns every single year. Like, if I were him, knowing how Baker Mayfield kind of operates, if he was getting paid the way that he needs to get paid, a team that may be okay and he has some weapons, but I get to play the Browns twice a year, a team that drafted me first overall and gave up on me, oh, my God, I'd be all over. So kind of sounds like Mahomes, that guy. Who was that? It's, is that Doran? I believe so. I don't get a chance to know. hear him enough. So I, I, yeah, I, I never listened to the Pittsburgh morning show because yeah, I'm busy. So I, I don't get a like chance Mahomes. to listen to him. So I, I wish I could tell you, but I have no idea. Um. It's Crowley and, and, and Doran Dickerson. I know we've had Doran on before, but I, I can't remember his voice off the top of my head. Mm. There's also what Crowley says about Baker Mayfield, and he says he got the boots put to him by the Browns to kiss because he's tough. The funny thing is, if the, if the Browns would have just stuck it out with him, they probably would have been in a better place than you know, giving away all the picks they did for I Deshaun agree. Watson. Oh, no doubt. And, and, and needing you know Joe Flacco to come out off the couch in order to finish the season for them. He got screwed in Cleveland because he was too tough. He played, yeah. he played through, through his through injury. His injury yeah. And so then the results weren't good, but how could they be? The guy's arm was busted up. His shoulder was busted up. You're on at night. I'm on in the morning. There are different groups of people who listen. I like my night people. Yes. I, like, I like your morning people, I too. loved them all. But, yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. They're, they're, they'd listen at different times. They hear, they hear things. They don't hear things. They think things. They don't think things. I have got inundated over the last couple of years, now that we're on year three, going on year three with Deshaun Watson, uh, where there are a group of people that certainly want to teach the Browns a lesson. They, they believe they are Browns fans. They were absolutely rooting for Carolina to kick off the season last year. Mm-hmm. They wanted Baker Mayfield to teach us a lesson. Are we past the point where they would be willing to root for the sworn enemy to teach us a lesson? I think here's the difference, though. Although there are Browns fans, that I think that aren't over it. I think Baker's over it. That like that clip, the guy, the guy that sounded like Patrick. I don't know. Mahomes. He, had the, he had that comment uh, during the Super Bowl when he was on Radio Row about he's finally with a team that's that's wants to do what's right by him and wants to bring him along. Yeah, it takes a lot to change a man completely, but I think he's over. I think he's over the Browns portion of it all because he's having success. He's always going to be. Hey, listen, he's always going to be the person that goes back and dunks and and takes that opportunity, but not so much to leave a situation in Tampa Bay that is working out for him to try to spite the Browns. What if they just will, or they're willing that, to offer that I more? I don't believe. What if they're just willing to offer more? I Steelers think, have been I, a successful organization for a long a, time. I, part of the reason why he said that comment that you're referencing right there is that that's him giving Tampa Bay the acknowledgement that with Evans, with Godwin, and, and you heard – a lot of what he had to say around the Super Bowl was the idea that it was about the organization and it was about a, a place that he felt like all these guys had just played in the Super Bowl, and so they they had this winning mentality to them. Steelers don't have that winning mentality right now. There's they haven't played in a Super Bowl in 14 years. They don't have a, they don't have players on that roster that have played in a Super Bowl. That's not that's not how that works. So I I, I think if you're going to say if you're going to go on on Super Bowl Radio Row and make those statements, you can't then go to the Steelers on a spite mission. Because Tampa Bay well, will make you a much better quarterback in the future the Godwin. way it did this last year. I want to see what they do with Mike Evans because yeah, I think he's going to be a free agent. It, Let's see it, what they do with the running the situation. The Steelers are a roll of the dice to me, though. They're, they're a roll of the dice for Baker. If you stay in Tampa Bay, maybe he makes one or two more Pro Bowls. But the question you know, it's, is, it's, much better it's not about whether or not personally. he go. It's not about whether or not he go. I don't think he will. How many? It's But it's not about that. How many people to teach the Browns a lesson? Like they consider themselves Browns fans. To yeah. teach us a lesson. 
because I've moved on in my eyes. I go, hey, you know what? This is the decision we made, and we'll, we'll go over all the, yeah. the stuff after it happens, but we're still in the moment of this. To teach us a lesson would root for him openly It would be the well. ultimate you can't come back as a fan. If you make that move, you can't come back as a fan. The moment you do that, I don't care what kind of memorabilia you have. I don't care what kind of memories you have from the 80s. doesn't matter. The moment you decide that Baker Mayfield and the Steelers, you want to become, because you love Baker so much, you want to root for the Steelers, is the moment you're no longer a Browns fan. You can, you can lie and tell your family you've always been a Browns fan and you'll be one in the future, but it's just not true. You are no longer a Browns fan at that you point. You can't buy a jersey. You, you so buy you, a jersey. Again, same no, thing. If you, yeah, if you bought a jersey, that'd you're be just, it. You're just no longer a Browns but fan because it's too close to home. Because it's one thing to wear a Baker Mayfield Carolina Panthers jersey. Or a Tampa Bay jersey. Like a guy in a know? leather vest does out there in uh, <laughs> North Homestead. Uh, it's uh, it, it's one thing to buy the yeah, Rams or the Oklahoma or the Tampa Bay. Are, you know, different conferences. I do think it matters in that respect. But the Steelers, it hits too close to home. Because, boy, they, I will tell you, there was they just did not want to believe me. And they come out of the woodwork. And they didn't want to believe me when I was saying, hey, I'm, I'm hoping Dan Campbell and the Lions do well because I like Dan Campbell and the Lions. They didn't want to believe me on that. And I think they want to rub my nose in it. I think they want to rub, rub Tone's nose in it. And I think they want to go after everybody else who said the guy couldn't play. And I think they, they consider themselves Browns fans. And I see those emails every day, every morning, every morning. Coming up next, Mary Kay Cabot. I want to ask her that question, whether or not she'd think it would be that way. And whether or not this was all in. Peterlin has a theory. I want to run it by Mary Kay coming up next. Whether or not this was all in the works when Deshaun Watson talked to Cam Newton Bringing in Ken Dorsey. It's coming up next with Mary Kay Cabot on the fan. 216-474-0092. Joining us right now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. She is the fabulous one. It's Mary Kay Cabot who joins us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. She's from the Cleveland Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. Mary Kay, good morning to Hello, you. Hello, Mary Kay. Good morning, guys. How you doing? We are doing absolutely wonderful. Peterlin, share the theory you shared with me yeah. with Mary Kay Cabot. Okay, and, and you know, Mary Kay is very, very well sourced, so she's probably just going to shoot it down. That's okay. I'm, I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm very well prepared you for couch that. couch everything. Just go right into it, brother. Eh, See if she says the, yes or no. The, the couching is needed. All right, so I have a theory that Ken Dorsey got hired because of the Cam Newton-Deshaun Watson podcast. So what happened a week prior to the hiring is, uh, as you know, Cam Newton went on Deshaun Watson's podcast, and at some point, either before or after, Cam said, hey, Ken Dorsey's on the street. He's looking for a job. He helped me out in Carolina. He was my quarterback's coach there. We went to uh, the Super Bowl together. He won a league MVP. And Deshaun Watson, I believe, cares enough about Cam Newton's opinion that this carried over, and then he said, all right, I, I got to go tell the Browns this is the guy I need. And then he went and told the Browns it's the guy they need, and then uh, seven days later they hire him. Well, that's a very, very interesting theory. And I do think the fact that, uh, that Deshaun Watson has a, a comfort level with Ken didn't hurt matters at all. And I'm sure that he has talked to Cam Newton about him. But I wouldn't necessarily say that uh, because they went on the podcast together. Uh, I can't remember the time frame, but if I'm not mistaken, hadn't they already interviewed Ken, by the time I don't the believe, podcast record. I don't believe that's, a, I don't believe that's right. That would poke Uh-oh. a hole in it. That Got would definitely poke a hole in mixed it. Up, didn't you, Johnny I, I, I mean, that would definitely poke a hole in it, but I, no, I, I, I'll look it up, but I don't believe that's accurate. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, that they, they went out and hired Ken because of, of the podcast, but I do think that everything is geared to Deshaun Watson this year, and if he has a comfort level with someone, uh, they are going to definitely 
go out and make sure that they uh, at least consider that person. Well, I got to tell you, if they did hire him because of a podcast, I mean, what the hell are we all doing here then? I mean, this is a pretty unserious <laughs> enterprise. Wouldn't it be, Mary Kay? My goodness gracious. Well, it wouldn't be the podcast. I mean, it's not because of the podcast. It's just Cam is, uh, yeah, yeah, you've done a million podcasts well, I would before just love or to after. See- He's like, hey, Ken Dorsey's the guy. He helped me out a ton. And Deshaun it, takes what a former league MVP it, says seriously and goes, oh, light bulb. You're right. Sounds very You're right. He Aaron, would help me out. Sounds very Aaron Rodgers in the Jets, Jonathan. Mm. That's that's where I come off on that. Mary Kay, I want to go back to the Super Bowl for just a moment, but I had to had to get that question to you. Kyle Shanahan just let go of Steve Wilkes. There are major media members in this country saying that Kyle Shanahan is using Steve Wilkes as a scapegoat. Do you believe the same thing? I think he could have waited a couple of days before he fired Steve. I, I really do. It looks like uh, Steve was just quickly the scapegoat for uh, you know, for the loss. And I think that it, it had the appearance of, you know, just reacting to what happened on the field. So I, you know, I probably would have waited a couple of days. It just seemed very reactionary. And um, so, yeah, I, I would have given it a little bit of breathing room there. It, it did It did come off, I mean, very knee-jerk. Uh, I, I know that he's a frustrated man. I had to ask you, I know that both these coaches have been here uh, coaching for this team in this city before. Um, When you see what the 49ers did and what the Kansas City Chiefs did, the Chiefs, I think, are a different animal because it's Mahomes. But you see, like, the 49ers and how competitive they are. They're knocking at the door. How far off are the Cleveland Browns in your estimation? Not that far off, or do we still got some work to do? Well, it really comes down to Deshaun Watson. And let me just say, I don't want to dismiss out of hand uh, Jonathan's theory because I will say that – you know, there is a lot to be said for what Deshaun wants right now. There's just a lot to be said for that. Now, I certainly don't think, once again, that, you know, that he went to them and said, this is what I want, this is what I need, go do this. I don't think it was like that. But I just don't think it probably hurt if if he, you know, had some great advice from Cam Newton that, hey, you know, if he's on their radar, you're going to like him type of thing. I mean, the, the answer could be somewhere in the middle. Um but as far as how far the Browns are away from doing what uh, Kansas City did, there's a couple things here. First of all, it comes down to Deshaun Watson. That's the whole reason they went out and got Deshaun Watson is to be able to compete with the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens. So if he can come back from this shoulder injury and be the quarterback that the Browns believe that they got with their three first-round picks and their $230 million, then they have a good chance of at least getting deep into the playoffs. Can they get past a Patrick? Not sure about that yet. Um, That's the assignment for sure. But, um, you know, they're going to have to do everything that they possibly can, and Deshaun is going to have to be that quarterback in order for them to, to accomplish and achieve their goals. I think they're, other than that, they're, they're close everywhere. I mean, we saw that they beat the top two seeds this year. So, you know, it's not like we're in 2017 and 2018 saying, Hey, we think they can win the Super Bowl." No, I mean, this team is built to go the distance. And if Deshaun can bring the goods, they, they can make some noise this year. Okay. Let me ask you a question that I'm just thinking about for next year with Deshaun, you know, Ken Dorsey, when Josh Allen was there last year and the two of them were together, uh, Josh Allen had that shoulder injury. And so Josh Allen wasn't running as much. Now, he ran a lot when they were close to the end zone. I think he had 15 rushing touchdowns last year. Previous couple years before that, he had like seven and six. 
in important moments, he still ran, but he wasn't the runner that he had been. And obviously, postseason's different. They let him do whatever they needed to do. Uh, I mean, Ken Dorsey was gone at that point, but um, they limited him. And, and you could tell they made a concerted effort of making sure that he didn't hit that shoulder. Do you feel like they'll do the same thing with Deshaun, where they'll limit him in the run game and, and kind of say, all right, we, we don't want you to get injured and so maybe on third and eight, you don't get to run the ball. Or do you feel like you got Deshaun to run, you better run? Well, I do think they're going to have to strike the balance between letting Deshaun be who he is and also trying to keep him healthy. Because, uh, you know, if you don't have him out there, your whole entire season changes. Now, I have, I'm on the record saying I think they should try to do everything that they can to re-sign Joe Flacco because then you know you can plug someone in and you can keep the train humming along. Um, but I do think they need to strike that balance between letting him make those off-schedule plays, letting him use his legs and play the game the way that he needs to, the same way that Patrick plays it, essentially, um, and also making sure that in certain situations he's smart about his body. And that's something that, you know, you've seen Josh Allen. I mean, he'll sacrifice his body for anything at any moment. He plays almost uh, in a reckless fashion at times. And you really don't want that out of Deshaun Watson. He's not big enough to sustain uh, all of those hits, all of those blows. So, yes, I think you need to dial him back to a degree or at least make sure he's being smart in certain situations. But you don't want to take away one of the best aspects of Deshaun, and that is his ability to make those plays on the run. It's February 15th, Mary Kay. Hopefully uh, you and, and- – your hu- I almost said his real name. You and your husband had a wonderful Valentine's Day. I'm just saying that to say that. It doesn't lead into anything here. I just, you know, I care <laughs> about you and your family, Mary Kay. Let me ask you, though, about as of February 15th, how do you think the offensive line will shake out with the Cleveland Browns at the tackle positions where it fixes with Jed Wills, Dewan Jones, and Jack Conklin? It's going to be interesting. I hope you and, and your Sig Uds, as my daughter. Everybody knows my wife's say. name. It's Liz. Yeah, Miss Liz. <laughs> Elizabeth. I hope, you, I hope you guys had wonderful. Va- we watched Romantic True Detective. That's really? We did. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going out to dinner on, tomorrow night, actually. That's nice. But, That's yeah, nice. that was a romantic evening, wasn't it? To watch, you know, scary, crazy True Detective. Did you do, like, the and, Idaho murder case? Like, what are we talking here? <laughs> um, we're, we, just, we just caught up to... Season, uh, episode five of the current season with Jodie Foster. So, oh, that you know what I, I bailed after two episodes. Does it get better? This episode was really good. Okay, yes. all right. It was it was really good. Certainly not as good as season one, which yeah. we recently just watched. That's the hard part. Everyone wants it to be as good as season one. It's never going to be as good as season one. Yeah, it probably won't be. I don't know. They're going to have a hard time topping that one. But anyways, so, yes, episode five I thought was very, very good, and I'm enjoying watching Jodie Foster. But as, let's getting – I digress. Getting back to the tackles, <laughs> <laughs> um, they do have, you know, sort of a, a good problem to have. We know they were down to their fourth and fifth tackle, so it behooves you to have more than two really good ones, and they have three really good ones three starting caliber ones, but can you afford to pay them all? Well, right now you can because Dewan Jones is on his fourth round rookie contract and makes peanuts to go out and play the way that he's playing. So if this is a year that you need to keep all three of those guys and kind of see how it goes, then I think you can afford to do it. Um, But you never know. It's also an opportunity to perhaps 
uh, see if you can, you know, maybe do something. I would think that uh, because the other two are young, that Jack would be the one that you would look at and say, hmm, maybe somebody else needs a really good all-pro tackle and would be willing to give us something for that. So, Well, he could be, never, he, he could be traded. No, I, I don't know that. Well, I, that well, is I, not, I know. That's your opinion. I'm just saying it. Because I didn't, honestly, Mary Kay, because of the injuries, I – it just, it honestly, it never crossed my mind. I was like, ah, I ain't worth that. It just, the thought never crossed my mind. Well, those, uh, that caliber of tackle is very, mm-hmm. very hard to come by. And, um, you know, I know at least one person who knows how darn good he is that works for another team now. So, I mean, you never know. There's, there's several people that work for other teams that know how good, if Jack can come back from, a serious knee injury, come back healthy, then he has plenty oh, of that, value. That fan base knows too. But yeah, that's right. right. He's already played there before. Boy, this right. is and just that, making yeah, sense. That doesn't mean that that's going to happen. Again, that is not some kind of inside intel mm-hmm. by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I ex- yeah. I do think that uh, there, you know, there would be something to be to be said for having three amazing tackles or three really really good starting caliber offensive tackles it certainly can't hurt so um you know and they can as i mentioned before they can afford to keep all three because Dwayne jones isn't making anything right now so um you know we'll have to see how that one plays out a lot of these roster decisions we get a, a feel for it a handle on it when we go to the combine so we're in a little bit of that lull that calm before the storm before um you know people go to the combine all of the agents have meetings with all of the teams, and you start to get a really good idea in many cases of who's staying, who's going, who's on the trading block. It's it's really the biggest reason to, to actually to go to the combine, even more so than talking to prospects. Mary Kay, real quick, uh, I get a I get inundated, inundated with emails and messages and the whatnot about Baker Mayfield and about when am I going to admit that we, the Browns were wrong, this, that, and the other. Over in Pittsburgh, you know, they're kicking around future quarterbacks. They brought up on their station Baker Mayfield. Do you think that there would be a sector of fans here in Cleveland who consider themselves Browns fans who might actually root for Baker Mayfield, even if he were in Pittsburgh, to teach us a lesson? That would be a tough one. Now, I will say, I mean, all of the uh, all of the Baker fans who are, you know, from Oklahoma who became Browns fans wouldn't have – any trouble whatsoever becoming Steelers fans because they were wed to Baker, not Cleveland. So uh, I can see a, a segment of, of the fan base absolutely being excited about that. But in terms of Browns fans, you certainly can't call yourself a Browns fan if you're going to root for Baker Mayfield as a Pittsburgh Steeler. So I'm going to say no on that. Okay. I just had to make sure. Uh, I, I didn't think – it's always a loud minority, I think, Mary Kay, that start yelling yeah. about it, you know? No, it, it definitely is. I mean, he's got a very, very strong following. And I'll tell you, I, I was not um, disappointed to see him rebound and have a nice season. I, I was happy for him that he was able to go on. And ha- I never wanted to see him fail here or elsewhere. I mean, who would want that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I'm happy for him that he was able to kind of get his career back together because you hate to see young guys come through here and, and have their careers die. That It shouldn't be like that. Um, you know, I'm glad he's going to go on to have some success and he put himself back on the map. And if he ends up in Pittsburgh, so be it. Mary Kay Cabot, we thank you very much for the time. All the best. Thank you, Mary Kay. Sure. Thank you, guys.
Mary Kay Cabin on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. That's Mary Kay talking about Jack Conklin, something I didn't even I didn't even consider, and I'm going to tell you why here in a second. You can now hear full clips of our local shows at 923thefan.com and on the Odyssey app. So now you have the option to listen to a specific chapter labeled by our producers or listen to an entire show. Download the Odyssey app now and take the time to listen to the most local sports talk at all of wonderful Northeast Ohio. P- Ohio. Peterland in for tone. I didn't even consider it because I'm looking at it going, what, 15 plus million dollars or whatever it is. I didn't think it was a tradable thing. I just yeah. didn't even consider it. The injury, I didn't even consider the injury it. history too. Because of the injury. Yeah. I, I told you yesterday, I go, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like, okay, he tries to start the season. They come together on an injury settlement and, and that might be it. Now he's 29. He'll be 30. Uh, I think August is when he turns 30. So like right during preseason slash training camp, he'd be turning 30. Um, it's it. He, he has a lot of promise. He's he's been a great player, but he hasn't been healthy, and that's what I was kind of thinking with Jack Conklin. Nice guy too. I get along with basically every offensive lineman out there, with the exception of like one. <laughs> um, Do they ask you if you played? No, no. Do they assume that you played? Maybe I don't know. I don't. It, it didn't get. It doesn't. You're around get great the Browns. Like, they might assume you're just like a former player at some point. No, God, no. You're big enough though. I'm big. They're they're bigger. I said this. I, I know I they're, I know they're bigger, but you're big. In, in my life, they're bigger in a different way. In my yeah. In yeah. my well, yeah. I think they're they're built a little differently. Their frames are a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, but you also kind of look like maybe maybe a lineman that He's too that cherubic. stopped playing though. You know what, what I mean? Cherubic. Cherubic. I am cherubic. Yeah. Uh, there was a time I lifted. No one wants to believe that, but there's pictures. You had gains. You did, man. Was that when you were in the cowboy hat? Uh, a little bit, and right then there. a little bit after. A little bit after the Cowboys. It was hat. weird when I first started the show, he had a chalk bucket over there, and he... <laughs> I believe him already. <laughs> Callus is built up. I'd be yelling, lightweight. Yeah, buddy. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, but no, I don't think they had any thought of that. But I, I would... Uh, I, I see Jack Conklin, and I just thought, well, there's no... What would you want to return for Jack Conklin? I don't know. A six-round pick? I don't know how healthy he Just is. anything. I, I don't know. It might be right, worth. Not, it might be taking, worth just keeping them. You're taking the salary off my hands. Yeah, but well, so listen. I don't know that we've had enough guaranteed health in the offensive line that we can just be like. I, one of the things I like about having three tackles for two positions is that if one of them gets injured, and it kind of feels like one of them is going to get injured at some point uh, leading up to the season, then we're good. Then we're fine. It answered the question. It's okay. Can I make Jack Conklin a swing tackle of some sort? I don't see why not. If he say he is comes there back an and old he's, dogs he's new tricks thing with that. Though? Say he comes back and he's healthy. I'm like okay begrudgingly I do I think Jed I think Jed Wills's future is up in the air when you got a DD talking about it Mary Kay addressed it last week I think Wills his future like as a starter man. on this team he feels is, like the odd man out yeah yeah which I agree with by the way I do because I Dewan Jones has had the right attitude I know he looked crossed up in minicamp as Daryl reports a lot of people say the same thing people went after Daryl but it was right and he's come in with the right attitude and he's had the right attitude ever since like he makes the He's another lesson to people who who want to believe all the pre-draft stuff about certain guys, man. It's it's ridiculous. So Dewan Jones looks like he has a bright future with this football team and in the NFL and looks like he's going to make a lot of money, hopefully, from this football team for a long time. Jed Wills, I think his future is in question. And I think that Jack Conklin, if he were healthy, I think Jed Wills' future would really be in question. Yeah. But I don't know how healthy Jack Conklin's going to be coming back. That's that's the only thing I I you I just put him out in that. training camp and just kind of see how it goes. Well, no, I I got to see if you know the physical stuff, the, what the doctors say. I, mean, I don't want to trade him for a song, but at this point, if he's going to cost you that much money, you you kind of feel grateful if you got that. And depending on what they have in the depth chart, because before we would take any name, any name that was in 
the second and third team, and we would say we would talk ourselves into it because it was Bill Callahan. Now, I I'm not against Andy Dickerson because there has to be more than three good offensive line coaches in the NFL, or we are going to be in a world of hurt as a league coming up here soon. So hopefully, this guy has something for it, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and see if he does. So there's probably somebody they would like to develop in certain places. And maybe we see that guy. And maybe that's what leaves Jack Conklin and a nice relief of that salary out. I don't know. Maybe Bill Callahan will insist. Maybe Bill Callahan will say, that's it. And we don't need him anymore because of this, that, and the other in Tennessee. Sure. But Mary Kay, it was not a report. It was just a, an opinion of hers. 216-474-0092. Somehow, Nick said yesterday he wanted Deshaun Watson. He would take Deshaun Watson over Kyle Shanahan. It was, it was actually, now we're ping-ponging back and forth because Lima joined the show yesterday <laughs> at 7.20 and made this vigorous defense of Kyle Shanahan. And I could understand where people were disagreeing with him because I disagreed with him to a lot of ways. However, Nick had had something to say about the difference in Kyle Shanahan and Deshaun Watson. And apparently, is this true, Owen? He said he would rather take Deshaun Watson over Kyle Shanahan? I don't know. We should listen. All right, here we go. If you had to choose one or the other right now, what is the percentage of people taking Kevin Stefanski over to Sean Watson in this town right now? In this town, I don't think that's a great indicator. You've got okay, spread it to the whole NFL. I think it changes when I you think start it's talking better, to. I think it's way NFL over fifty percent that would take Kevin Stefanski over Deshaun Watson. I don't know how we quantify that because I don't think a Twitter poll accurately captures this. Deshaun Watson has been a franchise quarterback in the NFL, and yeah, a four franchise years ago. It doesn't matter. He's been a franchise. Kyler Murray was a franchise quarterback two years ago, and now people want to trade him. That's perception. That's not reality. That is recency bias. If I say what what uh, what evidence is Kevin Stefanski, and now I'm getting it sound like I'm crapping all because over because he's Kevin. been good with pretty much every quarterback he's ever coached, and he also's had some down years with quarterbacks that he's coached too, including have, Baker Mayfield in 2021. The, yeah, there were very obvious reasons for why those years were down. So I heard this uh, Shanahan thing. I did not hear yesterday at 5:20 when when Keith went after him for Kevin Stefanski. I heard the Shanahan thing, and I immediately wrote down. Would people take Kevin Stefanski over Deshaun Watson right now? And I think yeah. three to two or three to one, it would be Kevin Stefanski over Deshaun Watson right now. I don't know where the recency bias comes in. I, I, I yeah. don't understand that. That part I don't get. But I'm not going to fight Nick. He's not here to fight about it. I, mean, I kind of wanted a better explanation as to opinion. why. I mean, that, that's obviously him setting it up. And I, I kind of wanted to hear his actual reasoning. Is it just because he values quarterback more than a head coach? That's got to be what Usually it is. Usually you would. Usually you That's got to be what it is. But well, I, that's his logic. I would value a lot of quarterbacks over head coach, but I wouldn't value any quarterback yeah. over head coach. Where's that line drawn, I guess? That's, yeah. that's got to be the, when, the question. Here. When, when Lima called in and said he'd take Shanahan number two, I vehemently disagreed with him. I think that there's a couple of quarterbacks that you would take and then you would bring in a different head coach and they would be, they would be fine. I would take Andy Reid over Kyle Shanahan, and that's what became the big argument with, with all of us yesterday about it. But when it comes to Kevin Stefanski or Deshaun Watson – you could say it's recency bias all you want. I don't know how you can't trust Kevin Stefanski more right now. I think that was more with Kyler Murray, wasn't that? That was what you're trying to say there? I I don't understand it was that. It, it was tough. I, I think there's a couple things we need to know in this discussion, though. How do, how do you how do you value Shanahan? And then how do you value quarterbacks as a whole? If you think Shanahan isn't the top five head coach, then that's entirely But what different. about Stefanski for this level? First and, what Keith well, and, just and that's why I think it's different, because I don't value Stefanski as a top five head coach. So I'm not looking at him as the same way as I am Shanahan. But do you develop do you do you hold Deshaun it's, Watson as a not, top five quarterback? It's not apples to apples either. It's not like if I got a top ten quarterback, I got it's a top not. ten head coach, and that's I'm just trading one for the other. Because we've got to give it's like a tie goes to the runner type thing, but it's a well, we got to have a draft value chart, right? Yeah, and the quarterback matters more. Well, let me ask. Let me 
throw it out to everybody. 216-474-0092. Who would you pick right now to keep? Watson or Stefanski? With this organization, Watson or Stefanski? Can't keep both. I don't want to hear nothing about contracts, nothing. Watson or Stefanski? Who do you trust? Who do you want to keep? Ken Carmen Peterlin in for Tone on the Fan. And I know none of you care. You, you guys tell me every time you get a chance that you don't care. But also, I'm going to make you care because I'm going to tell the story about Dale Earnhardt dying and where I was when I was 14 years old, and Jonathan's never heard it, and then I'm going to help Jonathan make picks. I can't wait. I'm, so, his, I'm uh, so excited. If you win money, just say thanks. Uh, I was going to say, i got to break some, break no, some no, off the top I here. A, I don't need a piece of that action. Okay. Because then if you lose, I should, I should have to give you some of what you bet. If I'm going to actually do that, yeah, I don't want to do you that. you getting a no-risk bet doesn't no. make sense to me. I'm not in. I'm not out. I'm not doing any of that stuff. No. Okay. I'm only, I'm only giving you what I think. That's all I'm going to give you because I'm the one here who loves NASCAR. Oh, Earl loves NASCAR. Earl does me love and NASCAR. Earl. Earl and I love NASCAR. That's it. That's Owen right. used to love NASCAR. Doesn't Phelps like NASCAR too or no? I have no idea. I, I know he, he likes cars and I know he likes chicken fingers and that's about <laughs> all I know about. No, I'm kidding. I know more about Jeff. He's a good man. All right, Watson or Stefanski right now? 216-474-0092. It goes back to an argument that started yesterday at 720. It was about Shanahan and then it went on at 520 with Nick Wilson and Keith got in his face about it, which was good stuff, by the way, yesterday. I went back and listened to it in the evening. As I was on my way home. And then today I asked the question. Because you know Watson or Shanahan, I don't think it's close. I think people are picking Shanahan. Watson and Stefanski, it, it depends on what people think of Kevin Stefanski. Because I think a lot of people outside of Cleveland love Stefanski. I think some people in Cleveland love Stefanski. I think that some people are still hmm. arm's length. Is because he is he beloved in, uh, outside of Cleveland? You think so? I uh, not beloved. I think he's I think he's well liked, well respected. Like oh, I think respected's the right. I, word, I think right. there are fan bases right now that if they were to fire their coach and Kevin Stefanski were available, it's like bring in because he, he didn't get ranked very high on any anything last year. Not going into the year. But going not at into all. this next year, you think yeah. he's going to be? Will he crack a top ten? coach? I think list? he might. I know in Ross Tucker's he was what twenty third. Twenty third. He was twenty third on that list. Being a two time coach of the year, I know for people that aren't. You know, super insidery on Coach of the Year awards. They're going to go, oh, two times. He's got to have something. Usually, right? I yes, I'm taking Stefanski on this. Usually, I would say take take the quarterback. I I can't take any quarterback though. That, I got to take be, Stefanski. But that would be a massive reputation bolster for Stefanski if he can crack a top ten list for sure. It would be. Oh really? Oh yeah. But again, I don't think you rate quarterback on, the same way you rank your head coach. Depends on whose list. You know, if it's Kenny Carmen's list compared to. If Andy Reid made a list of oh, head no, coaches I, in the I'm league, thinking, I'm still talking national here. I'm still, I'm yeah. so, I'm, I'm going from the the people that don't live inside our bubble. We've the been on CBS Sports Radio a time or two, friend. Sure, for sure. And then people know, oh, the Cleveland guy. Who Cleveland guys are on air? Great. Two one six four seven four double ninety two. You're picking uh, Watson. Yeah, I think I'm picking Watson here. Not I think I am. Give me I a am. reason, real quick. I I think the upside for Watson is at this point greater than the upside for Stefanski. I think I think Stefanski. <clears throat> Is very talented. I like his schemes. I, I but the the best thing about Stefanski is his play call. Should have said schemes. Is his play calling, and we might strip of him, strip him of that this year. I, I what does that say about him? If that's where this is going. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. Let's go to them phones. Jim in Strongsville. Hello, Jim. It's absolutely Stefanski. I'm not listen. Deshaun Watson's been in the league a long time. I'm not going on his upside. I don't know that there's many people right now that could say if we could go back and not have made this trade, would have said, yeah, that you know what? We may have been better off today, right now, 
if we hadn't made that trade. I think whenever you're talking quarterback and coach, it's always a sliding scale. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that would take over the top, top coaches. That'd be like Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, maybe Lamar and Stroud. Otherwise, are you going to take these coaches over quarterbacks that have unproven? Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Tomlin, Shanahan, Vrabel. Come on. I mean, if you get one of those coaches and you don't have a quarterback that's top three, your coach is going to be way more valuable to you at that point than in building culture, building everything. You know, Tomlin's one with, like, match technique. You know, look what he puts back there at quarterback. Their quarterback stink. They make, they've been making the playoffs. Harbaugh, do, I take, I, but so if you had my top three, it would be Reed. And I would go Jim Harbaugh is a culture builder, a turnaround guy. He wins everywhere he goes. So I think literally you have eight coaches that are better than that you would take. I would take over maybe four quarterbacks. Jim, I thank you very much for the call. I, I think that we have to we have to differentiate not just any quarterback. It has to be the quarterback. And there's only a few guys anymore. I think a good a really good coach in general. I think a really good coach gets you two three more wins. I think a really good quarterback can change everything in a franchise. Look at everything. look at old Owen over here. Everything, but he's one out of thousands of guys in this generation. It, it's it's hard. It's very very hard. You can find really good head coaches to keep you afloat. I mean, Mike Tomlin's a really good head coach, and I think he's kept Pittsburgh afloat. And maybe they, that's kind of they're not going further, but he I keeps think that, them afloat. That might be where some of the discrepancy falls in line in this conversation. Some people are like, "I like Stefanski because I know Stefanski can win me eight nine games." That's his that's his magic trick. He's going to win you eight nine games. I enjoy nuance too. Yeah, Watson. I, I feel it. like Watson. It's a more boomer bust part of this conversation, right? Yeah. Watson can take you to the Super Bowl the same way you can fall flat on your face and win four games. But if I'm going for Super Bowl, I think Deshaun gives me the higher upside quicker than what Stefanski could give me. Rodney in Cleveland. Hello, Rodney. Hey, how you doing, Ken? Uh, hey, Rodney. I'm, hey, how you doing? This is my thing with uh, Stefanski and Deshaun Watson. Okay, Deshaun Watson' uh, career in the NFL, his resume is a little bit better. I know he don't have the same kind of resume, but far as his quarterback, quarterback in the NFL resume is a little bit better. And then I say this about Kevin Stefanski. Now, I would take a coach that I know can go anywhere and win. Kevin having been all around the league winning so I can't say that about him you see what I'm saying I would definitely take like a Jim Harbaugh or something like that over a quarterback because I know Jim Harbaugh is going to establish winning wherever he go with whatever he got to work with now that kind of coach I'm going to pick now hold I'm on hold on hold on I mean if you're doing a good job usually they would try to not give you the chance to leave and I know right. that blew up with him in San Francisco but he took Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick was a good enough quarterback on his own as well but he had a guy like Colin Kaepernick, and they were able to do better than what he had with Alex Smith. And Alex Smith was doing a pretty good job, so that's two good quarterbacks. Well, Baker Mayfield, still his best year, is with Kevin Stefanski, and then we saw what Kevin Stefanski was able to do with quarterbacks. Just because Kevin Stefanski hasn't been in a, in a different place doesn't make – I don't think that – he's. I would not put him ahead of Jim Harbaugh, Rodney, but I, I think that I can make that argument for Kevin Stefanski about different QBs. Right, and I want to I wanna say this. I want to pivot. Now, all year – you know, I, I battle with Kevin. I like Kevin. You know, he he make me mad sometimes, but I still don't <laughs> want him fired. I don't want him gone or nothing like that. And I used to always say I didn't want him. I want him to give up the play calling. But this year, he bet not give it up. I do not want him to give it up to Ken Dorsey. I think he's a better play caller than Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey did nothing. Well, that almost him. sounds like you're going to hold that against him. Against who? Kevin? Against Kevin. Yeah, I do not want him to give up the play calling. Not this year. 
Not with Ken Dorsey. Rodney, I'm with you, man. I, I think that I think the, it's the very best thing that Kevin Stefanski does, and why would Rodney, you take that you. away? But thank you for the call. We've had that conversation a ton. So I got one for one against Dave. But, it, just real quick, hold he on, wanted, Dave. I just wanted to know he wanted to give it up last year when it was Alex Van. What did Alex Van Pelt show you? It was clearly an against Ken it's, Dorsey thing. We don't we don't have all the information, and I don't know that he actually I, wanted I, to I give it up. But he might he might say he did, but his actions I mean, speak louder than words. At least I know Ken Dorsey has called plays for a while in the NFL. I'm, I'm, I, you lost me there somewhere. I'm sorry. Right? I'm just saying the yeah. difference between Qu- yeah. Ken Dorsey and Alex. I, I caught what you were saying. Oh, Alex between Van Alex Van Pelt. Yeah. I got yeah, you. No, I got you. For sure, for sure. Well, Definitely. Alex Van Pelt allegedly has called him. And, I mean, he yeah, did call him in the playoff time. game. He did call he did him in the playoff game. Well, he, he leaves he and he's also a 14-point head start. Yeah. Breer calls him the glue guy. I had, a, I had a buddy of mine text me, be like, "Is he Alex Van Pelt was the glue guy there? I'm like, that's the first I ever oh, heard Oh, goodness. You guys got to listen to uh, Breer. He'll be on today. And this oh, will be the first time he's been. Well, the, hold on. That, those explosive comments he had on WEI last yeah, week. That was on a Breer Friday. Is. Yeah, I'm blowing it up. Yeah, so make sure you're listening to Breer and the fan all damn day long, everybody. That's right. The absolutely free Odyssey app. If you can't listen on the regular good old-fashioned terrestrial that radio. That thing's free now? It's, it's always been free. There's some stations that are like, oh, yeah, we like to charge you the amount that our call letters are and our frequency is not us. No, it's free. Dave in Broadview Heights, thank you for holding your next up on the fan. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. How you doing today? Hey, Dave. Horrific. Uh, well, that's not well, you, it, it, I, I do express my, I express my condolences to your community, the radio disc jockey uh, talk show host with thank the you. death of that young lady in uh, Kansas City. Well, thank you very you much. He, I will, pa- I will pass that along, Dave. I will pass that yeah. along. Go ahead. Right. And then the other thing is I am not a fan of Kevin Stefanski at all. Kevin Stefanski is not a top 10, not a top 15 coach. Wow. I would take him, I would take him all day long over Deshaun Watson. Well, so, that's just a terrible reason, Dave. Damn it. I mean, look, come look, on. Look Kevin Stefanski did a great job without Deshaun Watson. So you're saying he, he, he coached up some other quarterbacks. So he's not a top it's 15 not a, coach. It's, he's it's, well, he's not a top 15 coach. Yeah. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, here we are halfway into the deal with Deshaun Watson. And when this deal was made, everyone would have been thinking Super Bowl or, or something. Not Not one playoff game. Without Deshaun, Dave, you don't so. give him credit. It's, it's, Wait, Dave, you don't give him credit for for winning a game with PJ Walker. I do give him credit. No, I, I so, said Kevin Stefanski's done. He he's done a great job. It's just unfortunately, there's a lot better coaches in there. I mean, you, you guys just named a bunch that you would take over. We named Kevin like Stefanski. four. I named like four <laughs> oh, no, off no. the top of my head, well, if that. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that's one. Andy Reid. That's two. Kyle Shanahan. That's three. I'll be naming for a while. McVay. That's McVay. four. That's four. Here we go. Now we're getting down to the nitty oh, gritty. What go. do you got? Mike, right. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. Kyle Shan, or excuse me, Kevin Stefanski. Okay. At, at seven? Um, five. He had, well, he asked me right now, Mike Tomlin or Kevin Stefanski. I said Kevin Stefanski. Right. Okay. Record you're, it. You're, that, I, I respect your opinion. Record it. Um, over the other Harbaugh? Over John well. Harbaugh, too? He didn't ask John yeah, Harbaugh John- yet. Yeah, ask it. Oh, uh, ask, John, Dave, John ask Harbaugh. It. Dave, say it. <laughs> John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. So you're at six now, right? He would Five? be. He would be sixth. Yes. Continue. Ask him about Lafleur. Um, what's his name in uh, in Buffalo? Oh, I'm taking no, Stefanski. He, I mean, that's not that's Matt Lafleur. I'm taking Stefanski. That's, 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 that's not what you're going to win. You got to do the so still, AFC North sweep here and well, ask him about Zach Taylor too. No, I would take Kevin Dave, Stefanski. What, what power Zach Dave Taylor, has? Yeah, there you go, Dave. Dave, you got me thinking, and I'm glad you did. 
I guess you agree with me, but we certainly took a, a way around the neighborhood to get you to agree with me now, didn't we? I needed Dave to ask you another thing. I was what impressed. Was it? I'll text Dave later and have him call in. You know Dave's number? No. Oh. What was the other thing? Well, Dave is the one asking questions here, oh. not you. Just as soon as you think you know the answers, I change the questions. Philip in Cleveland, you're next up on the fan. Philippe. Excellent call. That call of the day. Rich and Kent, you're next up on the fan. Hey, guys. I just uh, I wanted to say that there's probably only about a handful of quarterbacks that I would uh, that I would take over Stefanski right now. And I think what we're kind of forgetting and not giving Stefanski credit for is how he came in here and really uh, – really had to rebuild a culture and that time with uh, Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield. I mean, when things started going off the rails, that could have really got out of hand and we could have went into a, uh, quite a slump and he's, he's turned things around. I like, I, lo- I love cheering for the Browns. He's, he's created a great culture, which is a lot harder to do than some people are giving him credit for. Mm-hmm. And his play calling has been questionable at times, but he has also outcoached some of the best coaches. But it, Rich, thank you very much for the call. I think you're right about he, that. I was going to do a butt, but I can't do it on that. No, last year, look at all the coaches he beat. He beat Shanahan last year. A lot of really good coaches he beat last year. I What I hate about the convo, though, and I love the convo, but I hate the convo. You hate it all you want. Is that No, is that it makes me kind of throw down Stefanski in order to prop up Watson. I need to make it abundantly clear. The reason why I'm choosing Watson over Stefanski Well, here, eventually we might have to do that if the season doesn't go our way next and, year, buddy. And everyone's going to pick sides. It's going to be real. It's going to be real ugly. Is that I think Stefanski is the perfect coach if you're in a situation like the Cleveland Browns were, where you need to be eight, nine wins, you need to go from having nothing to then having something. Is Stefanski that coach from taking you from the eight, nine win team into that next tier? That's that's what I wonder with Stefanski. And with Deshaun, I mean, I watched him go to the divisional round game. I watched him win a playoff game. I watched him do things in Houston. I guess you can make the same argument there. We haven't seen it, but when, when it comes to a quarterback, I got more faith in Deshaun being able to take that next step and do it instead of Stefanski. I think Stefanski is great for building a team up. I feel like Deshaun is great for getting a team over that hump. 216-474-0092. Mitch, please, coming up at 940. Mitch, can you tease what you have? I might have a little bit of something-something from something, something. a celebration earlier this week. Okay. You are the master of the tease, Mitchie man. You are the master of the tease. Also, coming up, in the words of the great Stu Finer, I'm going to kill yours or Jonathan's bookmaker. Daytona 500 coming up on Sunday on The Fan. Friends, Ken Carmen here for Window Nation and WindowNation.com. I put Kevin Stefanski ahead of a lot of these guys. Go, right, go, real quick, go, I got to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. All right, I want to hear it. Ohio State has yet to... But has yet another change in offensive coordinator. Good God. Just listen to Nick Wilson and Spencer German with the Sons of the Shoe podcast. This thing is always unreadable. I swear to God. (laughs) Listen to the Sons of the Shoe podcast. 923thefan.com and on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, guys. All right? It's a fine podcast. Lord Almighty. An Odyssey station. It's like trying to read like old Shakespeare. Cometh in to the podcast and listen to it. Like, good God. Let's just get going with the thing. Anywho. So, yeah. All right, I no. got got Jim and John Harbaugh. Got Reed. Got Campbell. Shanahan. That's right. Shanahan ahead. All right, here we go. All Everybody right. else so far. I, this is my list of no's. I didn't get to make it all the way through during the break. Okay. Because we had these calls, and I'm like, well, let, I'll, let's I'll, just start. I'll try, I'll try to help you out. Let's start knocking it down here. All right. These are ones that I would take Stefanski over. Okay. McDermott, McDaniel. Obviously, I went right down the list. Yeah, I meant it. Okay. Yeah, I meant it. 
Oh, yeah. you're on you're on my side. Just because he wears Jordans and expensive yeah, watches and, and might vape on the sidelines doesn't I, mean that he's God's gift to football. I think he. Oh, I thought I was on an island here. The reason I take Kevin Stefanski over him, I respect what he does running the football down there in Miami. I respect what he does trying to get that offense going and get Tua open for a lot of things with those wide receivers. They got great wide receivers. It's also an organizational thing, and it's also how you carry yourself. Kevin Stefanski, he has bothered a lot of people over the last couple of years just because he's the head coach of the Browns and they weren't winning as many games as people thought they should. Kevin Stefanski does nothing. He is inoffensive to everybody. Kevin Stefanski has never said anything, done anything to bother anybody. He's like a he's like a, it a is, regular a regular yes, TV show yes. that is not cable. Yes. And I, I think that there's a lot of people who take McDaniel's McDaniel down there in Miami and they go, is he about himself? Is this about him? And I think that if you, the year one and year mm. two, these things could get cooking. But all of a sudden, people start to figure you out in year three, and that starts to bite you back. It's not all sizzle, no steak. Uh, they didn't beat any really you good teams. You thought I was going to take McDaniel, didn't you? For sure I yeah. did. For sure I did. I like that we see eye to eye on that one. Uh, Salah has nothing for nothing, no. Uh, Mayo, I can't put in yet because he hasn't coached a game. Yeah. Uh, Tomlin, Taylor, Steichen. Brian Callahan hasn't coached a game. Pierce has only been an uh, interim head coach. I have to put him. I mean, out. you did just you threw you threw stay you know Taylor right just right by it. That's fine. Yep, it, I, I did. coached in the Super Bowl. I just want to. I'm here to. I'm here to do the checks and balances of making sure you don't just drive by really quickly here. Yeah, I mean, he had Jake Browning, and Jake Browning did a good job. I I don't really think good that, job. They won nine games. I don't think that Zach Taylor's complete fraud. I would still take Stefanski over him. You can make an I argument. I used to think Taylor was a complete fraud. You can make an argument. Zach Taylor did more for himself and people buying into him being a good Very head true. coach with Jake Very Browning when he did this year than yeah. when he actually went to the. Super Bowl. Hellified true, brother. Uh, you got Brian Callahan, who I don't, I can't put in there yet. Pierce, I can't put in there yet. Sean Payton, big time question marks right there. I put next to it. Sean Payton or, or Kevin Stefanski. Sean Payton is fourth, according to the head coach power rankings via Ross Tucker. But that was before the season, right? Yeah. Okay, so what is it now? Also a Super Bowl winning head coach. The Broncos were bad for a couple reasons. That's tough. I think Sean Payton might be the dividing line for me. Okay. Because I, I did put a few coaches in the middle. All right, what do you got? Well, hold on. I'm still going down the list here. Sirianni. Yeah, I agree with that. There was a lot okay. that went off Sirianni this year. Dan Quinn, I he I know he was a Super Bowl head coach, but he hasn't coached yet in Atlanta, so I'm going to take him out of there, and I put him separately. LaFleur, I said Stefanski. That, that I think is wrong. But he's done a good job with, jo- with he, Jordan he won He won three straight 13-win seasons with the Packers, and I know there was Aaron Rodgers, but he, he handled off the, the baton being passed from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. In winning a playoff game, taking Green Bay to the postseason, I think that's an incredible. You know job. what? I'm supposed to fight you because this sports talk radio. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go send and go. I'm going to go. Okay. You know what? Matt, Matt Lafleur is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Also, you know, Lombardi comes on the station for a time or two, and he's got Big Daddy on his show who hates Matt Lafleur, and probably that plays into it <laughs> as well. Uh, I put him ahead of O'Connell, Eberflus. I don't know. I put Peterlin's dog ahead of Eberflus <laughs> at this point. Uh, Bulls, Dennis Allen. And I didn't get out, get through it in time. You got a new coach in Seattle. Who's the hell the head coach in Arizona? Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. Uh, he's ahead of Gannon. Uh, then I have McVay. Ahead of him right now, I have John, Jim, Reed, Dan Campbell, Shanahan. I, I'm going to put LaFleur in there. And I'm going to put McVay in there. And then in the middle, Peyton, Ryans, McCarthy, Dable. Because I don't want to sit there and just knock Dable and say he's a fraud after he did a good job last year with the Giants. Now I thought he was he did such a good job, he was forced 
to make some decisions I don't think you want to make. One being the quarterback they have because I think he's I just think he's a running back. I don't think he's an did actual you, did quarterback. Did you do Doug Peterson or no? Did I miss that? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't put Doug Peterson on there. Um, Still got Doug in the middle. Yeah, I think that's right. Because I think he might we might be exposing Trevor Lawrence here. Yeah, that might that might be right. Okay, I like your list. Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good list. Look at that. That's good. Last day working together for the week, and we're agreeing with each Agreeable other. Agreeable radio. Okay. They, you know what? Every now and then, we don't, I'm not going to ham it up just for, for your entertainment over <laughs> I'm there. I'm not trying to be entertained. I'm trying to put out a good product. Wait, are you ready to uh, kill your bookmaker? I just want you to win me money. Maybe that's what this is. I'm like, hey, can you can you show me how to win money this weekend? In a sport I, I used to love and have given up. I'm not going to do nine minutes in NASCAR. Ain't going to happen. They ain't going to let me do nine minutes in NASCAR. No, there's a uh, restrictor plate on your NASCAR. They talk. will come in here and draw <laughs> and quarter me if I end up doing nine minutes in NASCAR. Daytona 500 on Sunday. Now, you had asked, because you are, I mean, this guy over here. We got Jimmy the Greek over here with you. I mean, you are just, you love your gambling. Mm -hmm. You said you wanted to put some money down on NASCAR. Yes. You want me to give you winners. Yeah, I mean, preferably. They're better than losers. So, yeah, if you got winners in you. Not true. Good point. So, we got the odds here. This is from where? This is from MGM? Okay. So, the odds. And and please don't, I, I don't want just the top. Odds, and then you just kind of like just go one, two, three. Well, the top, okay, but the top odds are the top odds. See, I know. Daytona, I, I need some sleepers. Though. Daytona is the toughest one to do because it's the beginning of the year, and it's a track where you know, there's always the big one, and you know what the big one is. You you understand the big one? Yeah. It's a great big wreck with everybody involved. So they have the big one, and so you see a lot of names that well, you just don't see as winners. Ah, well, I knew you were going to do it. You see a lot of names that you just don't see as winners. Mm-hmm. Like Michael McDowell has won a Daytona 500. Trevor Bain has of won course. a Daytona 500. Austin Dillon has won a Daytona. Actually, he's not that bad at plate racing, but Austin Dillon has won a Daytona 500. So I'm going to give you a couple of ones. Okay. He's at the top of the board. If you really want to win, you put Brad Keselowski down. I think he's going to be ready. I write this in my phone. I yeah, think he's got a chance. All right, and he has the odds on favorite right now. Yes. So I he just is wanna... plus 900. Okay. All right. Then... Denny Hamlin's won, I think, three Daytona 500s. You always have to put a sprinkle on, Dan- on Denny Hamlin. I think he celebrated at the Waffle House after his last win. Now, do the math for me because I don't I like know how that. any of I this I like when works. they go to the Waffle House after the win, yeah. So you would put the most money down on Keselowski. Then you would put a sprinkling on everybody else? No, I would put the most amount of money who, on who you think is the – if you think you think Keselowski, that's your favorite, that's yeah. your top dog, yeah. then I think yes. he'll run out front, and I think he'll stay ahead of the big one. And then, yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'm going to sprinkle everyone else. Because these type of race teams – a race team like Brad Keselowski's team, which is RFK Racing with Roush Fenway, or like an RCR, Richard Childress. They pride themselves on plate races. The best chances of the year they're going to get to win. Okay? Okay. So you have to put that into effect. So it's like getting the right turf for a yes, derby horse. Because they're not they're not the biggest They're not the biggest of, of each plant that the major manufacturers have. Like Gibbs would be Toyota. Hendrick would be Chevy. Okay? All right. Boy, RFK might actually be the one for Ford anymore. Maybe I'm drawing a blank. Anywho, no, Penske, Penske, good God, Penske, no, Penske. So, you had Denny Hamlin there. Speaking of Penske, I would put Joey Logano in there. Okay. I'm not going to pick Ryan Blaney because I think, I don't think a person who has ever won the championship has ever come back to win the Daytona 500 the next year, at least not during the playoff system. So, I would not put anything down on Ryan Blaney on this one. He's going to end up winning. You watch. All right. You want to sprinkle? Yeah. Here we go. Now, Chase Elliott had a terrible year because of the injuries. Treat it, treat it like it's like uh, you're at the roulette table and you're just you're just putting numbers down at this point. But you're not he, putting a terribly large amount, but okay. you're you're putting numbers down. But, but if he, it sprinkles, though, they won't do the race. Right? Well, Chase, it, 
<laughs> They're working on radial tires, but not on a track like that. So Chase Elliott is a former champion. I don't know if that's a sprinkle. You want somebody from, like, out there, right? Yeah, yeah, Chris- but not not so far out there. I don't know what the hell's happening with All Jimmy right, here Johnson. here we go. Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson even in the race? I don't know. You want a know. name? I'm going to give you a name. Yeah. Ty Gibbs. Okay. He is... He is it's what nepotism lo- at its finest, but okay. You beat me to it. He's what a lot of people think is wrong with NASCAR, even though one of the most popular drivers ever is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, yeah, we make exceptions for the, the ones we really like, though. It's true. It's true. <laughs> well, Dale Earnhardt doesn't own the team that Dale Earnhardt Jr. ended up racing for at the hey, end. Hey, so. don't worry. NASCAR fans will have a lot of fun with the fact that earlier in the show, I asked you if, if, if Bubba Wallace was the son of Rusty Wallace. Yeah, and I had to explain so that to that's you. That's a lot of fun. I had to explain that to you, and then I said, don't go to NASCAR Facebook pages. <laughs> anyway, um, Ty Gibbs is in there. Are you trying – just you wrap it up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ty Gibbs, going. I would sprinkle on I'm him. I'm putting out the okay. – Tyler Reddick, he's a wheel man. I'd White sprinkle on him. out right now. All I'd right. sprinkle on him. And then you know who I kind of want you know to – You know I want to text you all throughout the race. You know who I kind of well. want you to throw something Coming on? Out of turn three right I want now. you to throw something on Corey LaJoy. Corey Throw some on Corey LaJoy, okay? Wait, wait, wait. I just thought of it. What what time is the race? Because I got I do have this it, birthday party on Sunday. They listed at 2.30. It ain't going to be at 2.30. The green flags are going to drop before probably 3.30. Oh, great. Not going to drop before 3.15. So we'll be done at like Guaranteed. 7 o'clock? Yeah. Wow, that, that ends. That It never used to end that late. No, they used to start at the proper time, but, you know, we used to be a proper country when it comes to NASCAR. Naturally. That's start times. I believe that they should start every race at noon after football season starts. 216-474-0092. Now, do I get your story on how Dale Earnhardt? Senior died. What the story on how Dale Earnhardt Senior died? You I told you my story. Died. Well, I, mean, I think everybody knows that story. I saw it on TV. He went right when everyone goes left. So anyway, That's right. I was 14 years old, and my buddy Matt down the street, he had two TVs. Now this is 2001. You had two TVs. It was congratulations Uh-oh. on all your success. Yeah, congratulations okay? on all your success. And so my buddies wanted me to go down there and play video games with them. I go, no, the 500s on. They're like, come on. I go, no, the 500s on. And they go, you can't. No, come down. We'll put the we'll put the race on one TV. We'll play. We'll play. Uh, what, I thought we played NASCAR. They ended up playing, um, I think it was uh, Madden, if I'm not mistaken. The NASCAR you know, video Golden games I? were really sweet back oh, in the day. Oh, they were awesome. The cat's ass. I, I would play the whole entire race. Yeah. I'd do 500 laps. We'd do the whole thing. Boy, that's something over there. Of course, they used yeah. to only have 24 cars. Anyway, this is beyond the point. So I go down there. We're, we're playing Madden. I think it was actually NFL game day at that time. We're playing game day. Well, there's Madden at the time. Forget, for, regardless. Playing game day. The race is going on. The big one happens. Tony Stewart. Goes for a ride. Like, he goes flying through the air. And so, they're, like, bunching him up, caution, things like that. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty of the race. My buddy Danny, hand to God, Danny Duncan, good friend. Probably shouldn't have said his last name, but I did it, and here we <laughs> Danny are. Danny Duncan, address. One of my best friends of my life. I, I mean that. He was in my wedding. What's his social? We're, we're 14-year-old kids. He goes, wouldn't it be funny if Dale Earnhardt wrecked and died? Oh, no. And I go, what are you talking about, you psycho? Didn't think twice about it. Kept playing video games. That's it. Race ends. Dale Earnhardt gets in the wreck. It's on mute. It's on mute. The race is on mute. I look over going, oh, and I saw he goes, I said, you finished 12th. All right, well, you know, I still finished 12th. Because I thought he could win a championship that year. 2000, he finished second in points. And so I go, got to go home to dinner. My dad calls my buddy Matt's house. I go home to dinner. Didn't think anything of it. Like, I saw an ambulance on TV, but I'm like, ah, I'll be fine. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Go home. They make steak and spaghetti. Got the salad going. Family dinner. We always ate as a family, even especially on Sundays, but every other day of the week. So as entertainment happens, we would turn on the scanner and listen to the scanner 
as we were eating dinner. That's how the Carmens oh, yeah. were entertained. No, I did a little yeah. bit of that. That was a lot of fun. That was that was very innovative and when it would, that came out. It would go to the channels. It would go yeah. to the other channels. Yeah, and that you was would cool. hear yeah. at that time you could hear people's phone conversations if yeah. they had a cordless phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. And it stopped on this thing. We're eating dinner, and I'll never forget he goes, Do you hear about Dale Earnhardt, man? They go, What? And he goes, I already died. And the guy on the other end of the phone goes, No. He goes, Man, I'm telling you, I, I think he died. I'm seeing some of this stuff on the news, and we, like, me and my dad get up. We run to the living room. I turn on the TV. I turn on Sports Center. They come back from break, and it is Dale Earnhardt is dead. And I freak out. I mean, freak out. Run to my room, bawling my eyes out, couldn't handle it. And then at that moment, a little bit, like, took a few minutes, I remember Danny saying that. I call my buddy's house. Get... Is, is Danny there? Is Danny? I mean, I was in hysterics, Jonathan, in hysterics. My mom wanted me to come back and finish dinner. It wasn't happening. I actually tried to sit down and finish dinner. Choking Why didn't she tears. just let you cry? You know, she had spent a lot of time on the steak and spaghetti my, and my didn't want the food to go away. They, they, oh, let, me, they let me cry. I'll give so credit. So my dad was not going to eat dinner. I think he went out on the porch and had a cigarette, and that was, <laughs> I mean, he was just going to be by himself. I mean, this was a major <laughs> loss here. Yeah, yeah. So I get on the phone. I call my buddy's house. Matt picks up the phone, and he goes, who the hell is this? I go, put Danny on the phone. Put Danny on the phone. Danny picks up the phone. He says, hello? And I go, you killed him. You killed him, you <laughs> bastard. I mean, I was bawling my eyes out. And he goes, who is this? I, go, I couldn't, like, say my name. I was crying so hard. And he goes, who's that? And he goes, I think it's Lana. My buddy Matt was like, you know, I'm fooling around with some middle school girl named Lana. We were all in middle school, if you just tuned in. And so I go, I'm coming down to fight you. I'm standing in his driveway. Get out here! I was going to fight for Dale Earnhardt's honor. It was, it was noble. That and my was, buddy Danny, yeah. to his credit, comes out and goes, Kenny, I didn't know he was going to die. It was an off-color comment. I don't think he said off-color. 14-year-olds don't know the term off-color comments. He goes, it was, a, it was a joke. We're not, come on. I didn't mean that. Like, you got a 14-year-old to apologize to another 14-year-old. You have made history, friend. And that was it. And I spent the next day, because I think President's Day was the next day, I spent the next day in bed watching CNNSI. And uh, it was bad. I had baseball tryouts the next day after that, and I, I didn't make ba- I didn't make the baseball team because I wasn't a great baseball player at all. Yeah. But I tell you what, Dale Earnhardt dying did not help. Did o- not help only, the psyche. Only athlete death that has come close was Kobe. Like that that type of oh. you, you you felt in that moment. You're like, oh no, kind of like one of the world has changed type my, moments. My dad, my dad's cried in front of me twice. He did not cry in that moment. Mom and my mom said, your dad cried last night. I believe it. Sad man. Sad ass day. I'm I'm excited to get back into it. I I told you that was the day I quit NASCAR. That was it right there. Mitch, please coming up. We people are actually calling on NASCAR. Mitch, please coming up next on the fan. Mitch, please, it's time for Mitch, please, Mitch, please, ease, 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 Mitch, please, ease, 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 give us the thing you were going to do, 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 give us the thing you were going to do, 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 make me stop, 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 talk. All right, anytime right. now, Mitch, any, any, <laughs> anytime now. <laughs> All right, so the clip we had today uh, was actually from the uh, the Chiefs parade yesterday. Uh, you know, we'd heard some talks about Chris Jones yesterday, in fact, we talked about him being a possible de- uh, defensive free agent. Played his hand a little bit in the uh, free agency market yesterday. Here's the clip from his speech. I got on this stage last year, and I was like, run it back, run it back, run it back. But you know what? It's a three pay! We ain't done yet! Kansas City, we will be back here next year. And 
Bad negotiation tactic, seems you're like, saying? Seems like the worst negotiating tactic. LeBron said he was you know, never I, leaving. Too. I enjoyed it. LeBron yeah. said he was never his leaving. Agent, his agent tweeted out, like, someone yep. grab his beers. His like, agent please. tweeted, uh, cut them bartenders off, four exclamation points, too much. People say a lot of things. Nick Saban said he was never going to be the head coach at Alabama. George Bush said, read my lips, no you, new taxes. Are you saying we have, we have no accountability in this country? Is that what you're saying, I'm Ken? saying that what a guy says after a couple of drinks with a microphone in front of him is not necessarily what's going to happen. Who when hasn't it comes down been to the business. as hammered as Travis Kelsey was well, trying the, to sing Friends in Well Places? The, the, the problem is, Who though, hasn't is been that if hammered? he goes somewhere else, say he signs somewhere else, people are going to hold him to it like they did LeBron. LeBron said he was never leaving, so, you know, I can't, I can't do it with LeBron. Chris Jones, if you want to take back your comments, you'd like to come to Cleveland, Ohio, I'd be more than happy to help you. And be more than happy to have you, too. Yeah. No, it'd be great. Yeah. It was a dumb move on his part. It I, was. He was, playing, he was playing the moment, though. I get it. He's it playing happened. the moment. Yeah. It, you're, you're, you're excited, and there you go. In that moment, you think to yourself, there's no amount of money like if the Cavs, that can take away this feeling right if the now. Cavs, there's no amount of money that will get me to not try to do this again. If the Cavs win the NBA championship and, and Donovan Mitchell's like... Going nowhere. And a celebration. Yeah. You gonna hold him to it? You hold him How to it? How would I not? Because of all you would. How would I not hold him to it? Yeah, I don't or know. Or do you, you get the well, pass based it, off of the fact that we know he's he we says know he's it's about winning. He says he, he it's about winning. So if he's saying it's about winning, I guess I could try to, but I never did that with LeBron. I never like when LeBron said it and, pe- and then he left and people called in, I can't and you wanna go back and try to find it, you go right on ahead. I cannot remember a single instance where I ever blame LeBron well, for saying he was never going. And I, I am, I'm usually action speaking louder change. than words guy. That's that typically the actions will tell you everything you need to know. In that moment, I think he got caught up a little bit. That's all. Now, if you're the Chiefs, though, how do you respond? Don't you? You don't. I don't know. It, it's pretty easy to me if I'm Kansas City. Hmm. I lowball him. It's not. It's not even hard. Because he said that in front of, for sure I do, in front of all the for fans, sure, for sure I do. For I, sure. I mean, I guess, yeah. You make the you make that big of a how many, deal. It's how like, many why? drunk people have spoken their true feelings in well, life? Well, he said he wasn't going anywhere, and he definitely didn't go anywhere. He sat up in the box and waved to people. He could always do that if he really wanted to. Like he's <laughs> like got. I'm here. If you think about it, he's got a lot of money, yeah. so he could be like, "I got a lot of money. I'm perfectly fine. I'll just wave to you guys up. Your guys are the ones who need me on the field." He could always do that. It could backfire. I mean. Again, this last year was supposed to be basically a rebuild year for them, and they won the Super Bowl. So who knows what magic Patrick Mahomes is capable of? Who knows what he's capable of to be able to do? But uh, technically, he could be a man of his word. He could just sit up there in the box with the two guys who well, that's, that's I have no legend. idea, but they look scary, and then that was it, and he could just wave to him every single And week. that is legend territory, though. When you make that speech and then you sign up on it, I mean, he's already a legend. He's a future Hall of Famer. Swift. He's won the titles. Chris Jones, future Hall of Famer? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, for sure he is. I Boy, would there's say certain positions. Yeah, no, we just. I mean, that. oh, am I missing anybody out of that? Uh, Kelsey's one. Mahomes is one. Reed is one. Jones is one. We actually debated Spagnola the other day because <laughs> he's won so many as a coordinator. He's a Hall of Famer. When did you guys do that? I went on the air. No, in between the break, I was like, I was like, he's really? Won, I was like, he's won four. Should he be considered one as a coordinator? Can you put him in as a coordinator? I mean, if Dick LeBeau's not in, then but he's Dick not LeBeau's in. in as a player, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I don't think that is. I, well, I should say his history as a coordinator didn't hurt. 
It am am I missing his... anybody else out of that, that, that group there? Uh, no, not you know for what? the three-timers. No, there's not many. Le- I mean, McCall Hardman technically is a three-timer now. and I got all you. He's not getting in. No. I got all you NASCAR people, or non-NASCAR people, Nick bitching Allegretti, my ear off about getting... talking about NASCAR. You know what? Here we go. Hello, Josh in Brunswick. Talk some NASCAR with me. Ken, I want to agree with you. Let you know I got your back, brother. Thank I, you. I, I bleed Sunoco high-octane racing fuel just like you man here we go baby i've been a nascar fan since eight years old i'm a little older than you, you and i appreciate when you do talk about nascar so thank I, you. ken you keep it up you're out there man i thank you very much josh yep you have a yep. wonderful day friend there you go brothers at arms me and josh in brunswick it's a it's a really thriving sport when you have callers not voice their opinion on the sport but just call in to be like i like you well, talking I don't know. about it we got a, we got a bu- yes we got a podcast on our network called baseball isn't boring <laughs> I mean, it's my favorite sport of all time. It's in trouble. It's just, I, I go, don't, don't do what, that. What sport don't, isn't in trouble right now that actually, isn't football, though? Just call baseball great and then talk about baseball. I don't need to sit there and, and fight that fight. Yeah, that's tough. That's we tough for names. talking about starting a new podcast called NASCAR Exists. Like, I don't sit there and start a new football podcast, go, hey, might have covered up brain injuries for a long time with Ken Carter. Never did that. I never did that. Like, why do you sit there and go, baseball's boring? Baseball's not boring. I don't sit there and go, hey, they don't drive around in circles. It's the NASCAR podcast with Ken Carter. It puts on you every episode to try to prove the fact that baseball isn't boring, and that's a very tough task. It's not a good idea. Anywho, but if you like baseball, they are wonderful guys. Go ahead and listen to it. Sure. I've listened to it. It's actually quite entertaining. I just don't like the name of the podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, everybody, who joined us today. Mary Kay was excellent today. Very good. Mary Kay was excellent. Jonathan, are you going back tonight tomorrow? No, I'm off tomorrow. I'm Ooh. off tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah, we're getting ready we're for the party. party. Right. I got family coming in. Right, it's a big weekend. Getting ready for the whole thing. You okay. We got Danny Cunningham in tomorrow. There's going to be some good basketball stuff with him. He had a very interesting take that went semi-viral, apparently, about LeBron and Holmes and Jordan and Brady. I think I'd like to attack him on that. Coming up tomorrow at 6. For Big Country, for Jeff, for Mitch, for Jonathan, for the Slippery Wizard, Anthony Lima. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful day, my friends. Hey, sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 